But if there's one thing, one thing that I'm certain of, it's that you will never leave my side. Trials they come, but you've always been my guide. When life gets you down and it seems there's no smile but a frown, keep your Happy Tuesday! Good morning. Hope you're doing good. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. It all depends on where you are in the world. Gotta start the day off right. We dedicate the first 15 minutes to giving thanks, expressing gratitude, just giving a little praise. You are inside the praise and worship segment on Coffee Until World News on the Go. It is Turned Up Tuesday. Got some good stories coming up for you today. And as always, we're going to have great conversation. Way 
wait a second, let me brag on my God. Hear the truth, yeah, he be showing off. Yeah, I promise he never took a loss. If I'ma tell it, I gotta tell it all. Wait a second, let me brag on my God. Hear the truth, I ain't just telling y'all. You can count it, he never took a loss. And if I'ma tell it, I gotta tell it all. Hold on, wait a second, let me brag on my. Let me just brag about the good weather we are having right here in sunny South Florida. That's about the only good thing going on right now. <laughs> the weather. It is a bright 76 degrees. Hope the weather is good wherever you are. My folks throughout the Caribbean tuned in listening online. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Who are logged on and listening in Europe? Across the continent of Africa. To our listeners in Asia. North and South America. And Central America. Thank you so much.
After the top of the hour coming up, we're going to have the headlines for you. <laughs> Gotta let you know what we're going to be talking about today. Yes, dark right now, but I still see the light. This reminder, Kirk Franklin, that we are going to be okay. No matter what it is that's going on with you or around you, fret not. One thing you cannot do is worry about what people are going to say about you. Do you? Stay true to who you are. 
focus on your purpose. Be great. Offense, but I just think it needs to be said. Y'all don't really get the picture. Focus your attention on what really matters instead. Believe it or not, I'm with you. Don't get too caught up in what you see on the ground. I will stay high for them because I just hope. the top of the hour time for us to go ahead and get started gotta let you know what we'll be talking about today thank you to the walls group for closing out our praise and worship segment to all our listeners everyone logged on and listening wherever you are in the world i thank you thank you for tuning in to the quality music zone qmzradio.com as well as the non-stop party vibe station johnoradio.com of course i gotta say good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse it is tuesday may 16 turned up tuesday Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee in Tow World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. And the me in everything is MI. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today inside the Caribbean corner. Four Caribbean countries on CDC watch level. CARICOM leaders tap former prime ministers for Haiti crisis resolution. 
father shocked after his 18-year-old son allegedly abducted and assaulted the seven-year-old St. Mary girl. In St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Deputy Clerk of the House of Assembly passes away. And Sting and Shaggy close curtain on well-received jazz festival. In Latin America, indigenous advocates decry Cartier's use of Amazon tribe images. Cartier ain't the only one. We need to get a hold of Versace and Louis Vuitton as well. Yeah. On the international scene, the Kenya starvation cult death toll has climbed to 201. Vodafone plans 11,000 job cuts. My UK people, hope you all are doing fine. In news out of North America, North Carolina's governor vetoed a 12-week abortion ban, setting up an override fight. The Supreme Court outlawed split juries, but hundreds remain in prison anyway. A man is in custody after baseball bat attack hurts two, including an intern at the congressman's Virginia office. New Mexico gunman who killed three and injured six shot randomly at cars that's, and houses, and that's according to the police. And Florida Governor Ron DeSanctimonio signs a bill banning DEI initiatives in public schools. We are doomed here in Florida. Amazon is changing its deliveries behind the scenes to cut shipping times. And that's in our business and tech news. In health and science news, life-saving or stigmatizing. Parents wrestle with obesity treatment options for their children. In Believe It or Not news, a man arrested for DUI in Colorado tried to change places with his dog. And a woman was caught trafficking cocaine in fake pregnant uh, stomach. And guess what? It's never too late to pursue your dreams. Martha Stewart is the oldest person to ever cover a Sports Illustrated swim issue. That's coming up in the brew. We're going to have the details of these stories and more plus great conversation as always. But here's a little more music to take us down to the bottom of the hour. And then we'll get started. If I should die before I wake, it's cause you took my breath away. Losing you is like living in a world with no air. Oh. Heart 
have a question for my listeners. Ladies, this one is for you. Think about this. <laughs> At what age did your mother start letting your boyfriend stay the night? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> I don't know which black household that was happening in, but um, yeah, that's the question. At what age did your mom start letting your boyfriend stay the night? For my folks on Clubhouse, drop it in the chat. One thing I know for sure, it is not our desire, us black children, to be unalived. So we know damn well what not to even try. Try Jesus, do not try your black parents. Well, definitely not your Caribbean parents. I'm for you, baby. I need a parachute. So wet, I need a wetsuit. You're way too fly. I could be your jet fuel. I think they're the only parents who can throw a slipper and it goes around the corner and follows you and connects with you. <laughs> it's too late. Every finish line is the beginning of a new race. Ain't nobody gonna be dipping it low and picking it up in their mama's house, not in a Caribbean household, <laughs> in your dreams. After the top of the hour, you gotta be somewhere at the bottom. You have five minutes to get there. Please be safe. To my WFH folks, work from home people. Thank you so much for logging on, tuning in. At least you know you can dance freely. Just put something there to keep that mouse moving. Make it look like you're working. So the question again, my friends. At what age, ladies, did your mom start letting your boyfriend stay the night? <laughs> let me... Let me 
me just put it this way i am in my 30s um pregnant myself and my husband and uh three children living in atlanta right parents come to visit for the first time we could not even sleep in the same bed <laughs> not even in the same room though was it different for the boys were boys allowed to have girls sleep over hmm. oh the double standards yeah boys were always allowed to get away with more things than the girls it's so not cool <laughs> teflon says hell no tasha said not caribbean parents the boyfriend could not even stay one minute in my mind. <laughs> oh my gosh, brothers could not, brother couldn't either. I think he was sneaking them in though. <laughs> Where there is a will, there is a way. You better not let that bed squeak, right, Teflon? <laughs> you gotta speak, <laughs> Oh, Lord. We were real daredevils, weren't we? <laughs> we sure knew how to put our lives at risk. Tell them, Devet. Yes, you gotta let them young folks nowadays know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like to tell my boys I was not born big. Anything you thinking of, I've been there, done that. Give it to me, baby, like boom, boom, boom. the bottom of the hour we're gonna go ahead and get started 
So the question for today, at what age did your mom start letting your boyfriend stay the night, ladies? <laughs> so far, it's a hell no. And I think it's a resounding hell no. Especially for us that um, grew up in Caribbean households or black households. <laughs> you done lost your mind. <laughs> Thank you once again to everyone logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, and everyone listening on JanoRadio.com, and of course to my wonderful studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. Thank you so much. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Stories out of the Caribbean corner. First up, uh, four Caribbean countries on CDC watch level for dengue. Story courtesy of Caribbean.LoopNews.com. Some countries have been reporting increased dengue fever cases with four under the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention's CDC Watch Level 1. The CDC, in an update on April 17 under travel notices, states dengue is an ongoing risk in many parts of Central and South America, Mexico, and the Caribbean. It says travelers to areas of risk should protect themselves by preventing mosquito bites. The watch level one list has 11 countries of which four are Caribbean. The CDC notes this means these countries are reporting higher than usual numbers of dengue cases and travelers visiting these countries may be at increased risk. The Caribbean countries on the list include Cuba, Dominican Republic, Guadeloupe and Martinique. A watch level one means people should practice usual precautions. So far, the Dominican Republic has 870 non-severe dengue cases, nine severe dengue cases and one death. Guadeloupe is uh, reporting 910 non-severe cases, Martinique 914 non-severe. In the Americas, dengue is transmitted through the bite of the infected um, Aedes mosquito. So please, folks, <clears throat> excuse me to my folks in the Caribbean who are listening or anywhere, as a matter of fact, um, check your containers outside. See to it that if you have any empty flower pots, turn them upside down. Anything that could trap water, because if the water is stagnant, that is the perfect breeding ground for mosquitoes. Please get rid of them or turn them upside down. Okay, um, get rid of any pools of water that you know those little puddles that may settle you don't want to um attract them any at all i've had dengue twice in my life and trust me it's not pretty but i can give one recommendation if anyone is traveling <clears throat> excuse me to these areas walk with your um spray your mosquito repellent spray uh walk with your um whatchamacallit thing that you can burn What's the vape? What you know, you put it in the machine or your must good old fish mosquito destroyer that you burn. Right? Walk with things like that. Also travel with a lot of vitamin C. Um I remember when I had dengue fever the first time, that was the, one of the things the doctor said. A lot of vitamin C. Um 
because you want to flush your system out too as much as possible you know so a lot of liquids so you can urinate a lot yeah <clears throat> excuse me all right so be on the lookout for that next up uh caricom leaders tap former prime ministers for haiti crisis resolution story courtesy of uh, nationwide radio jm and we do have a soundbite for the story let me go ahead and retrieve that the conference of caricom heads of government has named a committee of three former prime ministers to assist in the process of forming consensus on the way forward for strife torn haiti Jamaica's Bruce Golding, St. Lucia's Dr. Kenny Anthony, and Perry Christie from the Bahamas will work with a technical team to develop points for discussion at a proposed Haitian summit in Jamaica. Foreign Affairs Minister Kamina Johnson-Smith made the announcement on Nationwide. CARICOM heads have agreed to appoint three former prime ministers, Prime Minister Kenny Anthony, Prime Minister Perry Christie, and Prime Minister Bruce Golding, to work together with a technical support group provided by CARICOM to seek to engage with the stakeholders to broaden consensus around some of the areas of agreement which already exist about the return to stability, that is a path to election, security arrangement, to see if broader consensus can be built around that. Haiti has been gripped by gang violence since the assassination of the country's president, Jovenel Moise, back in 2021. The country has been led by the interim government of Prime Minister Ariel Henry since the president's assassination. Large swaths of Haiti are currently under the control of gangs and citizens have difficulty accessing basic necessities such as fuel, food and water. Minister Johnson Smith says in addition to regional stability concerns, Jamaica has a vested interest in ensuring stability in Haiti. So the additional regional concern about stability, uh, about the movement of people, illegal movement of people, and Jamaica has always, well not always, but has in, in recent times, so over the past decade or so, has uh, struggled with the challenge of the guns for drugs trade between Jamaica and Haiti. And if there are uh, circumstances which lead to increased arming of guns in Haiti and increased instability in Haiti, then certainly we would also be concerned as a country that is so geographically proximate. We would also, of course, be concerned about any um, knock-on impact on, on the guns for drugs trade. That was Kamina Johnson-Smith, Foreign Affairs Minister. The matter of Haiti was an agenda in a meeting yesterday between Prime Minister Andrew Holness and UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez. The UN Secretary General is on a two-day working visit to Jamaica. He will depart the island today. Well, he departed yesterday. Meanwhile, Minister Johnson-Smith says stakeholders in Haiti have warmed to the idea of Jamaica hosting a summit aimed at working through the issues affecting the country. The minister says stakeholders were at first divided on the suggestion. It started with some hesitance from some quarters because there were some uh, stakeholders who felt, why should anyone leave Haiti, develop solutions for Haiti? And um, while others said, yes, it, it made absolute sense to take to exit the space to allow for focus without some of the, um, the influences and, and distractions, perhaps, if, if I could use that word very loosely, uh, that sometimes impinge upon the need to negotiate and compromise in, in trying to build consensus. 
She says the initial objections have since softened. My understanding is that that has, has shifted to a broader view that it might be helpful. Some of the processes which had been underway had met upon uh, some, uh, well, blockages. And the, the hope is, therefore, that if those blocks are not on stop, and I'm speaking on forensically, but just so that people will understand by the imagery, then that perhaps this meeting in Jamaica could assist in, um, in building greater consent. All right. So let us see if there can be some um, brainstorming done and let's see what comes out of it. If the suggestions um, will be implemented and if they will have positive outcomes, because um, this has been going on long enough. What, two years now that there has been strife and it's continuing to compound and it's not looking good at all. Next story, we head on over to Jamaica. Excuse me. Father shocked after his 18-year-old son allegedly abducted and assaulted a 7-year-old St. Mary girl. Story courtesy of NationwideRadio.com. The father of the 18-year-old man accused of assaulting a 7-year-old girl in St. Mary last Tuesday has confirmed that his teenage son is mentally unstable. Residents were left shocked as news of the bizarre incident spread quickly through the quiet farming district of Back Markham in Fellowship Hall in the parish. Edley Roy Burrell told the News Center of Nationwide on the weekend that he is embarrassed by the situation. We have more in this report from Dana Davy. Edley Roy Burrell cut a dejected figure as he struggled to find the right words to explain his dilemma. The 63-year-old farmer said he feels disoriented. His 18-year-old son, who it's felt suffers from mental challenges, reportedly abducted and assaulted a 7-year-old girl while she made her way to school last Tuesday morning. The incident jolted the community. Our news centre caught up with the elder Borel as he sipped a shot of white rum outside a bar in the community on Saturday. He said he was shocked to hear that the suspect in the incident is his own son. When me hear me, I say, who could I really do that in a place? And me there from me, I seven, me a 63, you know, I never hear that in a place, man, that a corruption. I'm frightened when me hear them. I say, hey, you know, you boy in a jeep, don't listen. The suspect has been in custody since last Tuesday. Borrell says he spoke with him on Friday afternoon. I'm going to go up there yesterday, go look me, ask him what that thing done, he said, no, no. I'm saying, you know, no, say a wrong thing that you never hear from. Long as I say, with law, you know, he touched even the brush pan, I want it without consent, and you would say, you know, have a sense, he said, no, no. Initially, it was believed the minor was also raped, but that claim has been denied by the report from a medical examiner. Head of the St. Mary Police, Superintendent Bobbitt Morgan Simpson, says charges will be laid at the appropriate time. We are going to add a question and answer or get a caution statement from him based on the whole investigation. And then afterwards, now we can determine whether, um, whether or not we are ready immediately to charge him. But the, the investigation is necessary. The steps have to be taken in order to ensure that whatever we are doing, we are doing the right thing. Dana Davy for Nationwide News. Okay, hold on. So they haven't charged him with anything yet? Not even the assault? Nothing? Um, did the father say... 
I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I guess I'm too emotional when it comes to this story. But did the father say that his son is mentally disturbed? Did the father say that in the recording? Did I miss that? What did the father do? He went to look for him and asked him what is that he had done. So it means that the son seems to be okay to me. I don't know. Because if my child is mentally unwell, I think that is what I would um, mention. I would mention that, but that was, he didn't say that. If I, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. But I'm shocked that he has not been charged at least for um, aggravated, what was it, assault? Is that what it would come under? For the bodily harm? at least for that in the meantime until they conclude their investigations um it's really sad you know what concerns me and i was having this conversation on sunday is this um synthetic weed that is now in Jamaica and I'm not saying that is tied to this case any at all okay I'm, it just brings me to be concerned about the synthetic weed that is now in Jamaica because it is, I am foreseeing us having more mental issues in the island with our young people I never agreed with them importing weed into Jamaica. Makes no sense to me, not in a country where it, it grow wild. Literally, trust me, it grows wild. I can't understand. I can't see why we would want to do that to further harm, <clears throat> excuse me, further harm our young folks. So be prepared to hear about more mentally unstable young people in the island um we need to keep the island as organic as possible so that if anyone does have any mental handicaps they're natural if you, if you know what i mean they're born with those um setbacks we need to try and keep our island organic now I just had to digress for a second. I do apologize. But in the case of this, <clears throat> excuse me, young man, I don't know. I am, who is, who said that he's mentally challenged again? Who was it that said it? I'm sorry. Ed Leroy Burrell cut a dejected figure as he struggled to find the right words to explain his dilemma. The 63-year-old farmer said he feels disoriented. His 18-year-old son, who it's felt suffers from mental challenges, okay. reportedly okay. abducted and assaulted a 7-year-old. Okay, so he did mention I wasn't sure if I had heard it, so I'm glad I replayed it. So he, he's aware that his son has mental challenges. Okay. Clearly, we, and I think we have spoken about this before, we don't have enough resources in Jamaica to deal with... Um, the mentally challenged. We really don't. They're treated as, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 
outcasts and they're hidden in homes or people disown them. It's 2023. It's time for us to change the way we treat them and have them get the care that they need, whatever psychiatric care they need. You know, people make a joke about it when you make reference to Bellevue. But it's a serious matter. Truly serious. And, you know, as I'm playing that, I remember yesterday when we played the clip, excuse me, we played the clip about Andrew Holness pushing for digital society, right? Um, Stressing the importance for the elderly (laughs) to be trained in how to navigate the internet and so on and so forth. And then yesterday evening, I came across a video, gentleman um, expressing my sentiments, um, excuse me, and one of his concerns is how is it that we are pushing for the elderly, and we, we, we have, what is it, half a billion or something like that? half a billion dollars to invest in training um, the elderly on how to get familiar with the digital system that's being pushed on us. And the young man, I'm I'm trying to say, I did not save it. I hate when that happens to me, when I forget to save something. But yeah, His concern is, how is it that we can find the money to push this initiative, but we are not pumping money into skills training? We're not pumping money into addressing our youth and seeing how we can um, teach them to be responsible human beings, decent citizens. But we have it to pump into the elderly. And then I flash back. And I, you know, yesterday Afo highlighted some points, and I know he was very passionate about it. Grand Rising, thank you for calling my name. <laughs> I, I thought eventually you'd be thinking that no, no, critical. No, 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 we all have our thoughts, and we, you see, the thing is, you're not here every day because sometimes I know when you're on um, reset, you you reset. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> right so you know it's just that sometimes we don't air everything we're thinking right but there are others yeah, thinking yeah. the same thing you know oh, and, right and sometimes we have to process things a little more to make sure we are able to articulate our thoughts and you know make reasonable judgments or or make reasonable suggestions as well yeah here we are pumping. I'm, I'm here scrolling through, and that's why I know I sound a little disconnected. But I'm here, <clears throat> excuse me, searching and searching because I really want to find that video, but um, I guess to no avail. But yeah, um, I think we, and I said this, we have more pressing issues that need to be addressed. Um, there are pros and cons to a digital system. But we cannot push to eradicate the old-fashioned ways of doing things. We cannot do that, right? I remember highlighting 
my concern when it comes to folks who are not able to open a bank account easily. They're put through unnecessary stress. I also spoke about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I also spoke about folks who live in the deep rural areas, in the hills and gullies. Right? I spoke about the farmers, though, well, not the farmers, those who are in the markets, the vendors. Right? We, we need to really think. And I would prefer a stance of, you know, something, we are going to go that way slowly. But this need to push it on the elderly. Yeah, that's, that's a little concerning for me. For me. Yeah. But if I come across the video, because I'm going to be scrolling while I'm going through, if I come across the video again, I will definitely. Um... Is there a way on TikTok to see the videos that you liked, where it filters out the ones that you liked? You, you forgot to tag them, but you liked them. Anybody familiar? No? <laughs> we all not savvy like that yet. I bet you I, I need some. Oh, Virginia, tell me how to do it, Virginia. <laughs> to it because i'm trying to okay those are posts are oh found it <laughs> you see when you play around don't give up folks never ever ever give up on anything all right i found the video i'm gonna play the video for us to listen to it okay today i hope you all are hearing me The first thing that greeted me this morning was a headline that states, Prime Minister Andrew Holness says all Jamaicans must think digital. First of all, let me make this clear. Dr. Led has no political affiliation. I have no rich friends, no famous friends fueling my thought pattern. I am the voice of the voiceless. Now, in that news article, the Prime Minister was quoted as saying that Elderly people, not Jamaicans, you know, elderly people who are typically afraid and skeptical of the digital world will be trained through government intervention. So now, we can't train the youngsters in conflict resolution to curb crime. We can't train the youths in entrepreneurship to learn how to put their skills and their thoughts into money-making machines. We can't train on that. We can't train community members in basic CPR practice, basic wound care, that we can help people who meet into tragic accidents, people who get wounded through violence. We can't train on that. We can't train on basic pulse testing, basic vital sign testing to help members of communities that are locked off from actual great medical assistance. But we can train to fit the agendas of a failed leadership structure. Come on, people. Come on. It was stated that a half a billion dollars was suddenly allocated 
to place wireless internet all over Jamaica and throughout COVID, throughout COVID, people like myself and others who had to be tapping up five, six, seven cell phones for the week and had to be forcing ourselves to find old tablets and iPads to get them refurbished to send to poor kids in Jamaica. Nobody not think about that, but suddenly, internet can put up billions. Come on, man, open your eyes, man. Open your eyes, Jamaicans. Open your eyes. We have people who met into car accidents and get simple injuries, but by the time people don't haul and pull them and record them, they're dead. No one is trained in a simple CPR, simple wound care, but we can now train the elderly on a digital era. Good God. How about training the elderly on how to check them own blood pressure and them own sugar level? You go teach them how to go digital? Jeez, I'm pee, man, man. I'm not done, so no one talk to you, man. Some of we have a brain, you know. Some of we have a brain. And again, we don't have no political affiliation. None at all. Zero. Zero. Voice of the voiceless. The first thing that greet. Yeah. So. Glad I found it back. What are your thoughts on that? Do we agree with him? I do. I do. And he brought it into perspective for me, at least, when I heard it yesterday. I was like, yeah. So much more that needs to be done. So much more that needs our attention. And we're ignoring it. Is it then that, according to some folks, that the government of Jamaica has been given some money to push the digitization of the nation fast and to make sure that everybody gets up to speed quickly instead of easing it in? We are digital to some degree, right? We are to some degree. When you use your debit card or your credit card and you swipe. So that the, the idea has been introduced years for years now. Oh, and the other thing Jamaica needs to fix is <laughs> you cannot escape cash Jamaica because sometimes you go into supermarkets or stores to pay for something and the machines are down. There's a disconnect between the machines and the bank. What do you want us to do? Be able, go to the supermarket and not be able to take home our grocery because the, 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 the um, card reader is not functioning. It's telling you um, there is a disconnect somewhere. So we have things to fix. I said it yesterday. JPS, we have to fix that. We have other things to fix. That's my two cents. Run rising again, everybody. You see what you say a while ago, moments? Mm -hmm. Can't escape the cashless system, but they know why they want to get rid of it. But they're going to sell this, this false narrative because why is it? You might be able to do that for real. You know, don't have the whole cash pile and all them something on the body care, but rob you. But you still get robbed on the internet. Man, you hackers out there, we know if digitize, going to the digital world and, and still hack your, your money, regardless. You know what I mean? If a man can come up, um, they couple feet from you, 
and him capture your, 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 your credit card information and gonna have a, a, a gonna splurge. If you have a chip in your hand, him can probably do the same thing. You see me? A, a hack. Everything depends on this digital network. So a hack is still out there, still a thief money. When Bitcoin come in with people, you think, oh, you know, they can't thief Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Because a digital thing, till you start to hear much millions of dollars start to get thief. So, just, them, either way they take it, they sell a rabbit. Whether you have cash or um, pay, um, actual fiat, the, the money system we have right now, or you go digital. They just like get rabbit either way. But other that, they want it for. They want it for control people. Because we can control the money, we can control you. You have to do what I say. We already see how China already do them thing already with them, with them social credit. If you post something with them not like, if you do something with them not like, you can't even go to our hotel, a decent hotel, them can pull up your record and see it. Oh, well, um, your social credit writers don't look too good enough. You see me? You can't even send a picture to go on good school because your social credit low. You know what I mean? You can't get a good job because your social credit low. You say something against the government, what they never like. You get me? The mother talk about all the mago and this is the US. I tell you all the mago um get some amount of uh, like an allowance where you have to spend. And if you don't spend it, then take it back from you. So you tell me how to spend my money? My money when I work hard for. Where you there? I never see you when me out there up on construction site and lift concrete. I nearly drop off for the the the, the we call it something there. Um, scaffolding. Uh, yeah, the scaffolding and all them something there. Eh? Are you gonna tell me how me to spend my money? Oh, you can't get so much gas. The me go first. Say them are gonna take out the gas thing and because them are so called save the planet. But yes, the matter about um, newer vehicles are need to be make. This is this the president now. Oh, they want to put in kill switch in a vehicle. Why you want to put a kill switch in a car for? My hard working money and me say no more but to buy a car for go from point Isn't the kill me. switch effort with regard to people who fail to make their payments? And, no, um, that's not for the Ford. No, 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 no. There are, other, there are other companies who are <clears> installing <throat> that because it is a way for them to um, seize the vehicle. Because and why that? Sorry, go ahead. No, so that they can recover the vehicle if needs be. And while that might be true as well, I'm telling you, a moment, I want to mean, you know, but look on both sides of the kind, you know, but just look on just the positive. Oh, well, this is because they want to seize the vehicle. So instead of somebody just take them car and just like, drive away, but yes, I look on that too. You know what I mean? Because first I say, oh, yeah, what I mean? Because I for them people just go take out people can drive up and down. Or, you know what I mean? Or you can use in a case where this person commit a crime and uh, all them have to do, because they already have the camera set up and everything already. They can't just say, all right, boom, we're going to shut. Um, we we'll see the car, we we'll see the license plate, the make and model. Uh, depends upon how high tech the camera is. And then uh, we can shut down the vehicle. You know what I mean? So the police can hop in. But they must shut down the vehicle as well because they're not staying in your zone where they're supposed to stay. Because they must say they must go create them zone city. So you are going to this zone, you are going to that zone, and you have to know how um, you have to do how them tell you to get to that zone. So how do we circumvent all of that? How do we get around all of that that they're planning to do in the future? That they have started to do. How are we gonna circumvent that? Alright. 
So you see, when we are faced with a problem, we have to find mm -hmm. a solution. So now that we have identified all the nuances and the discrepancies and the things we don't like about it, how are we going to coexist with that system? What are we going to do? All right, some people start to go as far as buy gold. I mean, truckers out here with same thing, um, thing on me at all. And I can tell you this I want to with some of them white folks here. Them, 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 <laughs> them, and them know what I take place. You know what I mean? And they must show me when buying gold, they must show me when buying RV and all them for something there. You get what I say? So I must say, yo, young blood, make sure you get your gold. Try and get some gold. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We already see America and China everywhere start to uh, uh, buy more and more gold. Alright, so say? when they buy the gold, what are they doing with the gold? Are they going to use the gold to purchase the diesel and pay the phone bill? How is purchasing the gold helping them? Because if it's going to help me, I, want, I seriously want to know. what are When they purchase the gold, how is it going to help them to um, conduct day-to-day -day transactions? Well, I'm not sure exactly how the mother use the gold for do it. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Maybe the barter and system and stuff like that. Uh, you remember the time when we we did in the room with Ro, and I say yo, I'm at, we are talking about them type of something. I must say yo, get a piece of get if I if I want gold chain, cause it might come in handy. You can trade it, trade use it, and trade with somebody. Forget whatever you need or uh, go to a destination. What, what, some kind of bartering system. You get what I say? So more than likely, you probably use a gold for like probably some kind of bartering system or whatever it is. Um, can, just for steer off the grid. Can you know I, what I mean? Oh, go ahead, Javid. So I didn't hear the story, but just purchasing gold, how much how much gold are we gonna need in order to barter? You're gonna need a I mean barter for the rest of your life. And gold is very expensive right now. So it, I mean, where are you where are we getting the money for that? So when they say that to you, can you please ask them the question? So maybe they'll be able to give us some more information. Yeah, yeah sure, we can do that. When me show was like uh what? If show my little small gold bar, like what, two thousand dollars? He must say oh, this for two um two thousand. So I'm always keep it on him. You yeah, but I mean? the, so here are the questions. Him, oh, yeah. about, um, here, no, but here's what's more important. So whilst they're telling us to acquire these things, what's more important for me is how am I going to exist day to day? How am I going to pay my cable bill? How am I going to pay my cell phone bill? How am I going to pay my car insurance? How am I going to pay my water bill, my light bill, how am I going to purchase food, buy clothes? That is what I want to know. So we, we recognize the issues. What are the solutions? What can we do and how can we do these things effectively so that our day-to-day -day existence is not interfered with? So it's very important um, that you ask those questions. Them showing you the $2,000 worth of gold, nah, help me right now. Yeah, we'll get that. and and um, that is why some persons like myself and others will start to buy a certain stuff. You know what I mean? We start to stack up on things. You know what I mean? You have people that um, you call them preppers. Is it because them know what time it is? Them see the writing on the wall, and them do the, what them can do. So in case certain, t if them say, yo, you know what? We're not gonna depend on the system yet. We have certain things in place. For, for for all them over until them can find some other way, you know what I mean. So it it it's on a way to a lot of persons. It, same like the same concern we have, 
well, we have food for um, bills to pay, this, that, the third car, no, whatever. But I, I want him to realize, yeah, yeah, either I go be one of them, what do you call them? Uh, when I can see the monster show that they move, a, a rebel, or you just I go, go, go with the system. You know what I mean? So I, I either or either. So for right now, a lot of persons, and that is why, again, you see them now get rid of them gun laws, because uh, again, they know what time it is. You see me? Don't take, but I'm not, when they um, run the scientists, we know some racist and evil or something. But at the same time, him, him see what take place. And that is why I must stop certain things from taking place. In, like in terms of um, other persons that come up by a plan uh, in a state and they must say no digital, um, what, uh, the digital thing now will come in a film state. Because him know what him, him see what take place, him know about things. Though uh, even though I'm racist and him, him evil, him, him, at the same time him see what take place. But just pre- stack up on some stuff, prep um your prep um your food, food the loss of a of shelf life for twenty five years. Twenty five years? I don't want no food that can last twenty five years. <laughs> Something is wrong with that food. I'm Donald sorry. Was, uh, no, Donald no, I'm not wrong with him. Donald oh, man, Daniel, go on. Oh, all right, go, go through yeah, Daniel. If I, if I could come in here. Yes, yes. Regardless, regardless of the system that is in place, right? Individually, one cannot survive any system that is placed upon them. I think what we ought to do is to focus more on our community, just like this little community here. Mm-hmm. Let's see how we can start to build together. Let's see how we can create some more resilience. Let's see how we can create some more interdependence on each other because as a group in any setting you have a better chance of surviving there is more information going around there is more people looking out for each other as a block you have more power whether it's be for spending whether it's be for living in communities whatever it is so i strongly recommend that let us start to look for the synergies that can be formed let us start to look for how we can support each other and let us start to build from that perspective. Because even if I prep, as good as I prep, if my house full of food, there's only so much people I could kill before they take me over. Exactly. You understand? So I think we have to focus on that a lot. Look as to alternatives. Let's share the information we get. Eventually, you understand, we will be able to come up with our own solutions. But on our own, you understand, it's, it, it is difficult. So I forget the information as to the, the how, not necessarily what. Because mm-hmm. I buying gold, I just push up the gold for the same people who want the gold to make money. Mm-hmm. So so let us see, when I buy gold, what is what is the alternative? Um, what is the alternative for me to feed my family, take care of my, you know, my kids and stuff like that? And let's share the information. We would see what works for us. We take that, we implement it. What don't work for us, we leave it where it is. Right. And I think that's how we could, we could go forward in that space. All right. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Ethel. All right. Next story. Next story. I'm running behind. I'm running behind. So Jamalco sold for U.S. one dollar. Jamaica's bauxite and alumina plant just got sold for one U.S. dollar. Yep. Not a million or a billion. One dege dege dollar. I'm Khalila Reynolds, financial journalist and educator based in Jamaica. Let me explain. Jamalco is a bauxite mining and alumina production plant in Clarendon. It's owned jointly by the government of Jamaica through a company called Clarendon Alumina Production, CAP, and the Noble Group. 
So the government owns 45% and Noble owns 55% or should I say owned 55% because they just sold their stake to an American company called Century Aluminum Company. Now, according to a report from the Gleena newspaper, Century only paid one U.S. dollar for the plant. The Gleena article cited a filing from Century but said that no explanation was given for the price. However, the article speculates that the $1 price tag indicates that Century will absorb Jamalco's liabilities. So let's break down some things. See, the Noble Group, which is the one that owned 55% of Jamalco, has had some issues of its own. They bought their stake in the plant from another company in 2014. Afterwards, Noble went through a series of court-mandated restructurings that ended it with it splitting into two main entities. Noble Group Holdings was the half that included Jamalco, and that has always been operating in the red, meaning it was losing more money than it made every single year. Then on top of that, Half of the Jamalco plant was destroyed by fire in 2021, so production halted for another 12 months. And even though the plant was closed and not generating money, money was still being spent on assessments, repairs, and other things. So their pockets were bleeding, and they basically decided to just call it a loss and sell their state. So the deal between Noble and Sentry was supposed to be completed by the end of April. It's May now, so it should be a done deal by now. Like I said before, Century Aluminum Company is a U.S.-based company that has actually operated in Jamaica before. They used to own the St. Anne Bauxite Company, but left over a decade ago. The company is big in the smelting business, that's extracting metals from ore. So having access to Jamalco, which mines bauxite and refines alumina, is great for their business. And just to be clear, the government still owns 45% of Jamalco. So what do you guys think about this news? Bauxite mining still plays an important role in Jamaica's economy. Do you think this sale is good news? Why or why not? Let me know in the comments. You can click the link in my bio. and. Did Jamaica miss the opportunity to take on more ownership? I've always said that Jamaica should own more than 50%. That I think was an opportunity. And I understand it's a liability because there's a lot of debt tied to it. But I do believe that they had the opportunity at that point to say, you know what? Let us acquire another 5 to 10% more. So we have more stakeholder ownership in this company. Again, we have a foreign company that has come back to our shores to rescue, quote unquote, to rescue the damsel in distress, and we still don't own majority. Still waiting for the government to rewrite their laws so that going forward, any foreign entity coming into the country does not own the majority. We, we have had this conversation several times because the money leaves. It's not reinvested, so to speak, or if it is any at all, it's to a small degree, a small percentage. We keep dropping the ball. Learn to fight. 
everything can't be a giveaway. Okay, you dropped the ball earlier, and I'm not sure which government was in, in um, at the time. Don't matter, because six are one, half a dozen are the other. Learn to negotiate strategically for your country and the citizens of your country. We complain. And clearly what this is telling me is that we're not listening to our citizens. Or we're hearing them, but we're refusing to do anything that will benefit them. All right, this new deal happening. You're fully aware of what's going on. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, the U.S. company, you're coming back, but you're we're allowing you to come back under these terms. Or is it that they're afraid that they'll walk away and another opportunity will not present itself? Is it that first cup? They have a saying in Jamaica, hog wash in the first water that him see. I mean, the first thing that comes your way is the thing that you grab. It's not always the best thing to do. We have something that they need. Right? For years, Jamaica has been mined. Bauxite has been mined in Jamaica. From, uh, from before me even born. So we have something that is needed. Can we stop giving away our things? Can we learn to negotiate? Learn to push back. Learn to push the paper back across the table and say, no, 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 no. I don't agree with this, 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 and this. Go right ahead. You see, moments we have politicians, one that came from the plantation economy. Mm -hmm. So they were brought up hat in hand. Think that whatever you put in the hat is a, is a beneficial to the, is benefit to them. You also... They got in power with corn beef and biscuit campaigning. So it's short term. They have five years to secure the bag or to continue on. So that decisions are usually not based on what's best for the country, but what's best to get them reelected or keep them in, in office. So what you find happening is, and also as a government, you're sometimes caught between a rock and a hard place. You want to provide employment, you want to bring jobs and so in. And then you figure if you let an opportunity pass, you may not get another one. What if you let that opportunity pass? What will you campaign on for the next cycle? You know, so it's not a case where you have a government who has a progressive agenda for the next 30, 40, 50 years. And these are the stuff people like the Chinese have. They could plan 70, 80, 100 years on you. We could only plan for five. We have limited resources. We have to pay salaries. We have to meet all these expenses. You know, the government yeah, sectors are usually pretty big. How are you going to finance that? How are you going to pay teachers' salary? How, how are we going to pay nurses' salary? So sometimes it's those same deals that pay these things. Because if you, you, you let the deal pass and you can't pay teachers, oh, my God, you're the worst government. So it's not always that straightforward from their perspective. Mm -hmm. But do you agree that they should... Um push harder for the country? Well, I, I, I am of the opinion that the people that negotiate on our behalf don't know what they're negotiating with. <laughs> no, seriously. Because we go to the table to get a deal. We do not 
take our time to do an assessment. Okay, what it is I have? Who wants it? What's the value out there? How much people want it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so what's my best position? Where do I go in so that I end up where I want to be? Because if I start where I want to be, I will lose. Right. So we, we, don't, we don't do the strategic, how, what is the, the impact on the economy? What's the financial impact? What's the impact on foreign exchange? Mm-hmm. So a lot of this stuff we don't take into consideration. So we go in just to make a deal, but we never go in with a deal. So we're just going to accept and see how best we could negotiate with people. But anybody that is coming to you with a deal will come in with a worst case scenario. You know, it's like the government decided, oh, we're not paying pension or we're not paying uh, some kind of a benefits to, let's say, teachers. Okay? We're not paying teachers. They don't intend not to pay. But we want to pay 3%, so we said we're not paying at all. So the union started to say they will strike. We say, okay, we give you 1.5. And we go back, we negotiate. We end up at 3 or we end up at 2.5. So they, they save half a percent. It's not that they intended in the first place. So the same thing happened when people negotiated deals with you. You say, okay, we, we want to make X amount. We want to retain that amount of profit or so. So we, we tell the government, and we look at the situation, and see him, he's hand-tied. He's not in a position to really bargain with us. He will take anything. Mm-hmm. And as such, we write a contract for 40, 50 years, giving him very little. Of course, we will give him some perks on the side to make him a little happy. But in the long run, is a lost deal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't think we have people that negotiate from a point of information, from a point of strength, from a point of knowing what it is they are actually negotiating. Some of them don't even read the contracts properly. Do you think, um, Donald, is that they don't know or they choose to turn a blind eye because they are getting a cut under the table? Sometimes we have a minister of information technology who never did a computer class. <laughs> and a, a minister of health who never went to med school. You don't have to go to med school, but never did anything in the field. Oh, Lord. And are so arrogant, they would not listen to the exports. <laughs> I've known of cases where people work in ministries and say they just do the bare minimum because when they put a solid proposal out there, the politician that comes in and win his seat by buying a rum in the rum shop. <laughs> Just look through it. Take, if he sees something he likes, he take it out. Mm-hmm. And then he do what he, he say what he wants and do what he wants. Yeah. And when, when, it, when it fails, they wonder why it fails. Mm-hmm. But this, that's a chronic problem. It's a chronic problem. It's okay to win your seat. At least listen to the exports. You understand? Yes. Agreed. And we don't, we don't have that. So you lose the best minds, people become despondent, people go to work and read newspapers. And we want to know why they're not doing it because they don't feel valued. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Donald, go right ahead, Javet. So I wanted to go back and if we're speaking on the same um question, why are they selling off, you know, their assets? Could it also be because they don't want to deal with it? Or maybe they feel that they don't have the talent to keep it up and running? Two great questions, um, Javed. Two great questions. No, the first one can't be bothered with it. I wouldn't be surprised, right? And uh, because usually where they are mining are in communities where for the most part, 
um, its farmers, many of whom have not gone beyond probably all age school, which ends at grade nine or high school or secondary school. Some of them have not gone beyond grade six. So it's easy for them to take advantage of those communities. Um, what was the other thing? What was the second question? Uh, the talent. Talent. They may not have the talent to run it. Okay. And shame on them. I'm 50 this year. Bauxite has been mined in Jamaica from before me born, right? Grew up in St. Anne. We had Kaiser Bauxite Jamaica Limited. This, it, the thing is still there under a different name. Born comes to that. So you want to tell me that all along they weren't <coughs> training anybody? You know, I saw a video yesterday with a girl, young lady. Let me not call her a girl. She's a young lady. She works as a mortician, I believe, in Jamaica. She works, at least she works with a funeral home. She went in at the age of 15 or 16 and started working. And she was speaking, I think it was on her live, and she said, shame on you for going into a business, going into an industry, going into a workplace. You're getting at a certain level and you don't take it upon yourself to learn the ins and outs of that business where meaning if somebody doesn't show up for work in another department, you're able to fit in because it's going to benefit you when it's time for promotion. Guess what? You have the leg up because you already have the knowledge. Well, Jamaicans, well, the government has failed in that regard. They did not position their people to say, Hey, learn as much as you can so that we can take the helm when the time comes. But somebody else may have a differing opinion. Go ahead. Donald. Why, would I, why would I teach you to take away the power I have? We like to talk about Singapore, Singapore, Singapore. Singapore is the size of Barbados. Because every policy, in every contract, you have to hire upper management, you have to hire technical expertise, you have to write it into the contract. You understand? So that the skill set stays in the country. And as Javin says, sometimes you need that investment from outside and sometimes you need that expertise because it's not readily available. But you could negotiate and put a contract in place that is mutually beneficial to the person with the expertise and you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be one-sided. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I think that um, capitalism has skewed the mindset of uh owners because mm -hmm. i remember when i was in new york and they sold rockefeller center so right around that area rockefeller center most of those buildings were sold to asian investors and i asked myself why would you sell off a piece of property that i mean everybody in the world comes to rockefeller center Christmas time, you, you know, it, wh whenever. Why would you sell that piece? And the, the, to me, the owner of the building, they sold it for money. But I always think if it's yours, you can still make money. So was he just tired and didn't want to own the building anymore? Like, I, I think about those things. I don't know. Yeah, fair, fair enough. That's a reasonable thought process. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, some people aren't tired and want to pass the baton on to someone else. And, you know, in, for example, in family businesses, there are some family members who just don't want to carry on. That's it. It's not who they are. It's not what they want to do. So 
doors have to close. Businesses have to get sold. All right. Go ahead, James. And then I'm going to move on. Go right ahead. Yeah, morning, everyone. Good morning, yeah, James. Think, You're awake, James. Think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go right ahead. Yeah, I think the, the biggest problem in Jamaica is just corruption. It's not, you know, like a lot of these politicians, a lot of them are educated. They have advisors that are educated. They have people, people that are, because Jamaica, Jamaicans are like, like salt in everything. Anywhere you go in the world, you can find a Jamaican in any profession, um, expertise in everything. Like, so <clears throat> experts in everything. So you, you can find people in the diaspora that um, any skill set you, you need, you can find people in the diaspora and pay them two, three times the amount that they're worth to come back and, and, and to lead out in, in certain projects. And I just think we're just quick to give away Jamaica for, for no reason. Like I always talk about, you know, Bermuda, um, even, even Cuba, like our tourism industry is like the industry that would say is doing the best out of any other industry. So you would say like, we have something that everybody wants. We have more attraction. The last time I checked than the entire Caribbean, um, combined attraction that, People, even America putting out travel advisory. Today I heard a report that um, Jamaica is way ahead in terms of the projection of people coming, despite the advisory, say don't go to Jamaica, Kadamakilo. So people are coming just the same. I believe that all of these new hotels that are coming to Jamaica and they're giving away more the beach, there's no beach property left in Jamaica. They could have done, because I think I told you before, like, in order to do any business at all in Bermuda, you have to, as a, as foreign investors, you have to find a local partner. Even if that person don't have any money, you have to give them, I think it was something like 10% of the business they have to own in order for you to invest in in, in, in any type of business in Bermuda. And people people want to invest and, and they, they go ahead and do it. You know, I told you before, like Digicel, when Digicel wanted to come there, this guy that we used to go to the same church together, like young black guys, his, his um, mom is Jamaican, his father is Bermudan. He became the, the CEO and 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 got how much millions of dollars, you know? Um, Cuba is the same thing. Cuba, if you want to build a hotel, you want to, any type of business, the government has to be um, partnership in it. So I believe that from hospital to start from there, make some millionaire or billionaire Jamaicans because a lot of these investors that are coming to build these massive hotels, you know, they need Jamaica more than Jamaica need them. You know, because our hotel industry is like, it's like paradise. So, you know, we, we should make better deals. And I believe that it's it's better that the, the, the resources stay there in the ground than to give them away for nothing. Better the bauxite to stay there. It better the whatever natural resources stay there, but just don't get away for free, mm -hmm. because it it you're giving it away, and people are going to work working on those um in those industry, and they can't they they just pay their bus fare, buy lunch, and come back home, and and they're hungry still. It don't make yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. Thank you, James. Thank you, everyone, for your comments. Next up, out of the Saint Vincent and Grenadines, Deputy Clerk of the House of Assembly passes away. Story courtesy of Caribbean.lutenews.com. 
Sharon Nash, the deputy clerk of the House of Assembly of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, has died. She passed away on May 13 in Trinidad and Tobago. The Department of the Clerk of Assembly, in a statement, said it makes the announcement with deep sorrow. The Speaker, members of Parliament and staff of the House of Assembly, mourn the passing of our sister and colleague and pray for God's comfort for her husband, sons, grandson, and other family and friends at this time. And we close out the Caribbean corner on a high note. Sting and Shaggy close curtain on well-received jazz festival. Grammy award-winning artists, songwriters, and producers, Sting and Shaggy brought the curtains down on the 31st edition of the St. Lucia Jazz and Arts Festival. The two co-headlined the event dubbed the ultimate celebration, performing their biggest hits together and individually. I also have a sound bite for some of what went down at the festival. I want to declare the 2023 Jazz Festival open. It's exciting tonight to come and chill out, support, vibe, see faces from a long time ago. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's my first time. I've always wanted to come. It's a real pleasure to bring back jazz to St. Lucia and to bring back the opening to Masha. Home, home is where the heart belongs. And this is it. Masha, the heart of Castries. It feels like soccer monarch all over because it brings back memories of Marsha. The vibes, the memories. Tonight was very nostalgic for me because seeing those artists won those monarchs right here in Marsha. It didn't indicate to me that we need to bring back Carnival right here in Marsha. It was very special. The world tonight is nostalgic. Lots of memories coming to me here. I mean, this is where it all started for me personally. It is a celebration of St. Lucian artists, our music, the culture. As somebody from the Caribbean, I think it's a nice experience to experience other jazz festivals outside of Trinidad and Tobago. It feels amazing. It's really good to see that it's been held in Marshall. I mean, I'm just pretty excited to be here. I haven't been at a festival like this in St. Lucia. It's my first time. So I'm excited to see what the crowd is going to give to me too. St. Lucia Now, girl can't see me and cause problems. Them a man clowns on me walk on them. In my life, I push away. I'm everything In my life, I push away. You know, see all my sexy and me have my little cute face. 
Nothing them not up over me. Some girl watch me style and a chat, but a time them a waste. Nothing them not up over me. Oh, we no need donation. Autonomous. Can't try come program me. Yeah, yeah, hey. hey. Shut if you want to chat up this. We're here to see the Kess band. Yes, back in full effect. Check out the videos on YouTube. It, the performances were really good. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let me check the chat, see what comments we have there, and then we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we have stories out of Latin America and the international scene. All right. Uh, Javed says, I have one pushback. They need to change the name and call it Fusion. It is not jazz. And I will agree with you, Javet. And it's not only the St. Lucia Jazz Festival. It happens with the, the one that goes down in Jamaica. And I think there's another island that does the same thing. It's a fusion, right? So I agree with you. Gili says a performing artist DJ was trying to hype the crowd and said, make some black noise. They stopped him from performing. Oh, wow. Because he used a bad word. St. Lucia, where all our local songs are vile and vulgar. The hypocrisy is real. Wow. <laughs> you know what, Julie? That reminds me of in Jamaica. If they hear you cursing a bad word, they won't lock your feet. <laughs> but yet, it's a part of our culture. People all over the world want to learn our what they what them call bad word you know whatever <laughs> whatever all right so hopefully next year we'll be able to some of us if not all of us will be able to take a trip down to saint lucia they'll probably change the name by then javet to fusion festival all right time for a little more music it's turned up tuesday uh, here is Black Street. I haven't heard this one in a long time. No diggity, no doubt. I like the players. No diggity, no doubt. Play on, play it. Play on, play it. Yo, Trey, drop the verse. Ooh. 
It's going down, fade to Black Street. The homies got at me, collab creations. Bump like agony, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Tell me who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet. Giving them orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies Black Street and Teddy, the original rough shakers. Shutting it down, good love. Baby got them open all over town. Strictly bitch, you don't play around Cover much grounds, got game by the town Getting paid is a forte Each and every day, true play away I can't get her out of my mind I think about the girl all the time East side to the west side Pushing fat rides, it's no surprise She got tricks in the stash Stacking up the cash Fast when it comes to the gas By no means average It's on when she's got to have it Baby, you're a perfect 10 I wanna get in Can I get down so I can I like the way you work, kid No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work, kid No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work, kid No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work, kid No diggity I got to bag it up Gotta give a big thank you to everyone logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. The question of the day, ladies, at what age did your mom start letting your boyfriend stay the night? So far, the answers on Clubhouse this morning are resounding no, never.
Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com, the non-stop party vibe station. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Let's get it. PM Eastern, it is the Rose Solo Show. Live on JanoRadio.com, WKRIS Coffee Radio, QMZRadio.com, and ViscosityBlend.com. It is the pre birthday ton up. Yes, Rose Solo is celebrating her birthday early. Set your alarms for 7 PM Eastern. gonna be a no behavior show let me just say that say thank you to everyone that tuned in to Days After Dark online and everyone that joined us for the conversation on Clubhouse. Tune in next week, Monday, 10 p.m. Eastern, live on JanoRadio.com and QMZRadio.com. Next week, it's all fun and games until... If you want to be a part of the conversation, check us out on Clubhouse Days After Dark. D-A-Y-Z. Quarter to the top of the hour. Just going to squeeze in one more and then we get back to business. Jealous, you're too sexy, beautiful.
I don't know why Shaggy did this song because it became the anthem for many men. So your villa, trespass on a witness, all of your clean on your pillar. You better watch your back before she turn into a killer. Just review the situation that you call the pinna. To be a true player, you have to know how to play. If she say a night convince her, say a day. Never admit to a word where she say. I need to claim my hotel, baby, no way. But she caught me on the counter. It wasn't me. Saw me banging on the sofa. It wasn't me. I even had her in the shower. It wasn't me. She even caught me on camera. Wasn't me. She saw the marks on my shoulder. Wasn't me. Heard the words that I told her. Wasn't me. Heard the screams getting louder. Wasn't me. She stayed until it was over. Honey came in and she got me red-handed, creepy with the girl next door. Picture this, we were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. I had tried to keep her from what she was about to see. Why should she believe me when I told her it wasn't me? Said I'm so really not a right for vex I never used to see you make the jig a low flex I saw the else favor you in a the complex Seeing is believing so you better change your specs You know she have a bring a whole different things up from the past All the little evidence you better know for mass Quick for your hands up, no overtime But if she back a gun you know you better run fast But she caught me on the counter Wasn't me Saw me banging on the sofa Wasn't me I even had her in the shower Wasn't me She even caught me on camera Wasn't me She saw the marks on my shoulder Wasn't me Heard the words that I told her Wasn't me Heard the screams getting louder Wasn't me She stayed until it was over Honey came in and she caught me red-handed Creepy with the girl next door Picture this, we were both butt naked Banging on the bathroom How could I forget that I had given her an extra key? All this time she was standing there, she never took her eyes off me. Wanna tell her that I'm sorry for the pain that I've caused? I've been listening to your reason, it makes no sense at all. Need to tell her that I'm sorry for the pain that I've caused. You may think that you're a player, but you're came out what, what when was it again years ago <laughs> i mean the song has to be about 20 years old and counting if i'm not mistaken anyway it's time for us to go ahead and get back to business once again i gotta give a big thank you to everyone listening on qmzradio.com johnnoradio.com and everyone right here with me on clubhouse so donald you're telling me that you're one of those who um are skilled at letting a woman think she going crazy. Mm-hmm. Donald says it wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of you, um, sorry guys. <laughs> but some of you really know how to make us think we're, you know, we're, we're missing a screw. We're not. Y'all think y'all slick. But anyway, back to business. Time for stories out of Latin America. First up, 
Indigenous advocates decry Cartier's use of Amazon tribe images, story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Until two months ago, Cartier's website showed the Yanomami children playing in a green field. The French luxury jewelry brand said it was working to promote the culture of the indigenous people and protect the rainforest where, where they live in a vast territory straddling or straddling Brazil and Venezuela. But the project that the site described protecting the Amazon never took place. And Cartier published the photo without the approval of the Yanomami leadership, violating the beliefs of a people who had been living in almost total isolation until they were contacted by outsiders in the 1970s. Some of the Yanomami and their defenders praised Cartier's promotion of Yanomami causes, however, advertising by one of the world's biggest jewelers with images of an indigenous people devastated by illegal gold mining, has some complaining of greenwashing, a corporation promoting its own image by supporting a cause. How can a gold jewelry company, which we, the Yanomami people, are against, use the image of Yanomami? Hmm, good question, right? Disease, killing, and prostitution fueled by the drugs and alcohol imported by thousands of illegal gold miners, have devastated traditional Yanomami life, and 570 Yanomami children died from malnutrition, diarrhea, and malaria between 2019 and 2022, according to Brazilian statistics. The poisonous mercury used in illegal mining causes birth defects and ravages ecosystems. Cartier says it does not buy illegally mined gold, but Yanomami leaders have urged people not to buy gold jewelry at all, regardless of its source, because demand for the precious metal drives gold prices up and draws miners into their territory. Cartier and other jewelry brands that are part of the Swiss conglomerate Richemont had combined sales of 11 billion euros or 12 billion dollars in the fiscal year ending March 31. That's in 2022. Some of the pieces advertised on its U.S. website cost as much as three hundred and forty one thousand dollars. And how interesting it is that we're having this article, right? And when I was putting the stories together, I wasn't even thinking <laughs> about the conversation we had earlier and that there would be a connection. Well, here it is. We're saying buy gold, but there is a cost to buying this gold. And I'm not talking about how much we'll have to pay for it. I'm talking about the lives that will be affected because mercury comes into play. We're talking about the damage to the ecosystem. The indigenous throughout the world are the ones that are affected by it. So is gold a reasonable option to stock up on? No, not in my opinion, at least. Not when other people are going to be gravely affected. Their rivers contaminated. Their fields devastated. Here, here is a report, and I'm sure these numbers are not what they actually are. I'm sure the numbers are higher. 570 Yanomami children died from malnutrition, 
diarrhea, and malaria between 2019 and 2022 because of the poisonous mercury that is used in mining. It also causes birth defects and it ravages ecosystems. So my message back to the truck drivers, AFO, would be to encourage them to find something else, not gold, because it is damaging lives. Go right ahead, Donald. I mean, so why do we always have to choose from the options they give us? <laughs> what, what, what about our solutions? Mm -hmm. Why can't we come up with our own engineer solutions mm -hmm. it always comes down to okay what is the best of some bad choices mm -hmm. which which one is the less impactful which one we could work with so it always seems like the answer is handed to us so it's always a multiple choice mm -hmm. we have to choose one of these answers so if you're setting the test you could skew the the the, the, the multiple choice in such a way that you would always be achieving a certain outcome. Mm -hmm. I think we have to start to look at dynamic solutions from us for us. Yes. I'm not saying we have it, but at least let us start to put our mind in that space. Mm -hmm. Alleged rights violation. For many indigenous groups, a corporation or philanthropy, using a photo of them requires formal permission. The photo of the children on the website violated the Yanomami's rights prior to, you know, to free and informed consent. So we are abusing another group of people and we are supporting the abuse when we purchase the gold because we don't know if the gold is illegal or not. Uh, and I think that's where it will come in. So Managa really just run and say, boy, Managa get gold or tell the truck drivers, Ray, whatever. Just do your research and where you come from. You know what I mean? Um, when you go to the, the jewelry store or when I get murdered, whatever it is, and the husband go buy the ring, or you go buy the ring for foot pan, the husband finger, you know what I mean? When you don't ask where it come from, all that, so you just go spend the money and buy it. Now, if you are one of them persons that were aware of the blood diamonds and all them, something there, you know what I mean, and the gold mines in Africa and all that, then like my wife, because she do wear a diamond, you know what I mean? I couldn't buy a diamond um, ring or gear or anything. But um, if you are one of them person who are conscious about that, it's up to you, you know, to find out where um, these jewelry stores get these gold or where you can go and get gold or diamond where um, it never cost nobody life or, you know what I mean? One of them, one of them mines that we actually um, have no kids um, you know, the mining uh, um, cave and all them something that try to get this gold or this silver or diamond for, for your put on your, your, your spouse. So let me ask you a question, you know Afo. I mean? Do you think that these stores are going to tell us the truth? Let us be real. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Nobody's going to tell you the truth. But if you can do it, again, I time my information. So if you can f do your research, and find out where you can get it. Because if you say, no, what them problem, Julie's story not going to tell me nothing because I, I didn't just try to make them profit. You know what I mean? Um, see if, there are other ways where you can go and, and, and get your stuff. Um, again, I watch YouTube videos where persons uh, like we can go like the lake and river on them something with, it, with them gold pan or whatever it is, get them gold and them go make them gold. You get what I say? And them go make them gold and all them something with it. 
is um so there are places where you can actually go get your goal when you know, cost nobody life um you know, mash up them water source or them food source you know them something there you know what i mean so there are places where you can go and get that i just you know for do your your research and find out where are these places so you mm-hmm. can get uh, a goal when a cast when a cover by somebody's blood mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. get me so all right there. all right thank you alpha go right ahead donald well, then the, the the issue with that is um, there are companies that buy the gold and stuff from the legitimate source. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, for instance, let's look at cocoa and the Ivory Coast, right? Mm-hmm. You might say, okay, I don't buy any, we don't buy any cocoa for our chocolate from um, any plantation that has child labors. Okay? Mm-hmm. You might have an official plantation where you have on your invoices and stuff. But what happens is these artisan um, buyers, they go out to the farmers, they buy it, they bring it to a warehouse, and um, the warehouse then sell to you or from a legitimate center. Now, so it's very difficult to trace where some of the cocoa come from. Right. And a, a large percent, a lot of it comes from the same plantations with the child labor. So even if you would say, well, we don't deal with them because you don't deal directly with it, if you check the pipeline, a lot of it comes from that. So it is very difficult at the finished product to sometimes trace back. And even when people are legitimately saying they don't do it or sometimes they don't know or sometimes they don't want to know, it is difficult to ascertain because at some point in time along the chain, it happens. Mm-hmm. So that is why it's, it's, it's extremely difficult to to implement that yeah. if you have systems in place where governments and so on can have tagging systems where everything that leaves the country is tagged properly and so on then it's easier to do those things but it happens a lot in the, the diamond gold precious metals and stuff like that right all right thank you so much appreciate that um ethel and donald um excuse me the other part of it under the heading of the alleged rights violation um there was a photo of the children on the website and of course that violated their rights okay so they're not the only company um what's this other company that uses um versace their logo is from an african tribe um louis vuitton from an African African tribe tribe. as well. Now, my thing is this, if you want to represent these indigenous communities and the indigenous people, and you want to come across as advocating for them, being on their side, even though you are in a business that they oppose, number one, you should have had a conversation with them, get their permission. Number two, if permission is granted, you owe them some money because people are going to purchase. Let me tell you, everything is calculated, Cartier. People are going to purchase from you because you're pulling on their heartstrings saying that you care about human beings and their rights. So while you're racking up at the cash registers, how about you commit a percentage of your profits to the said indigenous groups that you are parading on your websites? I think that's reasonable. But do things the right way. 
It's 2023. You, I'm sure you have a public relations department, a marketing team, a team at least that is aware of what's going on in the world, the things that you have to be sensitive about. For too long, people have been taken advantage of, and it's time for us to stop doing this, especially these large companies that net billions of dollars in profits annually. Stop making your money off the backs of the what you consider to be the less fortunate. Quite frankly, these people are very rich if you ask me. They have the land and the resources. Go right ahead. But moments, that wouldn't happen, you know. For instance, here, I was looking at an article that says, if you pay five cents per pound more for tomatoes, strawberries, and all stuff like that, right? That, and if the money is trickled down to, for instance, the pickers, the people at the lowest echelon mm-hmm. of the industry, it could change the lives of every person working in the industry. But yet still, the system is such a way that they're not doing that. The system is, is so skewed that these people would forever just be running on a, a treadmill. Mm-hmm. And also, if you look at how we even, we show away half, half the products because they're not as smooth, they're not shapely, they're not whatever it is. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there, and these are people that know the changes can be made, but they don't care. So how you ask somebody that don't care <laughs> to do these things? True. That is so true. Hekurari said his people need international cooperation, but his organization would never accept money from a jewelry company. So toss that idea out moments. In his trips along the Yanomami territory in an area the size of Portugal, the Yanomami leader has encountered scores of skeletal children in communities under siege by thousands of illegal miners. In March, his organization, Yurihi, launched an online campaign to raise awareness against the gold trade. And in a video, the Yanomami leaders call on Oscar winners to replace the famous gold-plated statuettes with with wooden figures of Omama, a mythical entity. When someone buys gold in a jewelry store, he is financing more invasions to destroy indigenous lands, he said. It is not just a matter of extracting gold. It is a matter of reaping lives. Cartier declined to comment on the Yanomami's appeal for people to stop buying gold jewelry. But when contacted by the Associate Press, or the Associated Press rather, in late March, Cartier removed the picture and the project description. (laughs) So you did not think before embarking on that mission, right, Cartier? Shame on you. Shame on you. We have, um, here's a call to action, and I know it's going to be hard for many of us um, because we are so attached to jewelry. We're so attached to our gold, 14-karat gold. 24 karat gold, white gold, diamonds, emeralds. We, we grew up on that and, we, you know, our, <laughs> we were exposed to wanting to having those things, right? We we're supposed to work towards having these things because they're beautiful. But now that we know the truth 
behind how some of this jewelry comes about. Should we continue to go out there and purchase? Some people say yes. It is what it is. Right? Now that we know, are we going to get up and go out there and buy more? Knowing that it's hard for us to actually trace its origins. What can we do? Right? Uh, my, my, go ahead, go ahead, and then I'm going to yeah, move on. I already started. <laughs> right now is a, a, a thing that we call it... Um, is a um, natural stone may have my neck. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, emirate. Yeah. I, I saw, I saw, you know, the emerald? A tiger eye is though? Is this tiger eye? Yeah. So my oh, okay. tiger eye, um, natural um, oh, stone. Oh, a stone. Sorry, you said a stone. My yeah. apologies. Uh -huh. So, I'm not to wear jewelry like that. Just give them a natural stone around my neck on my upper watch. You know what I mean? My, my ears are pierced. I'm wearing earrings. But um, I can't wear the wash off color one with Tony A's green. So he's <laughs> a silver man for wear. I'm not too light, go like that either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, diamonds. Uh, since we know about the diamond thing, uh, and again, it's hard to find out where you can uh, if, um, get um, legitimate diamonds and all them something there when they're covered by some young kids' blood or anybody's blood for that matter. You have Moissanite diamond. It's not real diamond, but. It's Moissanite. They can still pass the diamond test. If you are one of them person that worry about somebody, come up to you with a diamond tester. You know what I mean? Uh, so you have Moissanite diamonds where we can um, still pass the diamond test uh, for person who into that type of stuff. There. But for me, at the end of the day, brother, I'm here work my own money. I'm here buy my own things. And as long as I put it on and I look good night, I'm good to go. So I'm not really you know, the diamond thing and the whole gold and all them something like that. Like that, you know what I mean? It, it might look nice, but yeah, I'm not really into it. If I do want to buy something like that, uh, it have to have some kind of special sentiment type of value where I say, all right, I'm going to give my wife this and stuff like that. You get me? But again, as I said, she's not into them, she's not into diamonds because she say, yo, I worry for kids to lose them life. Right. Uh, um, over it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So she's also into the whole natural stones. And again, we are conscious people. Right. Uh, you know, which I would best to be as conscious and spiritual as we can be, you know what I mean? So, um, it's all about healing stones, charge it up near the sun, right. which I did when we go up on the vacation. Nice Caribbean sun, charge it up, nice man, you know, protect your energy. Yeah, so <laughs> that's our <laughs> thing, you know what I mean? Right. And I love if everybody can just do the same, but you have some people just love them jewelry. And right. they spend millions of dollars on them jewelry and them care nothing of where it's coming from. Right. You know can what I mean? dump in and here, asshole? Like, uh, 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 was some... That's Miss Javed. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> Can I jump in here? I, yeah, I sure. Know, Do thing, man. I know moments wants to move on, but I feel that all our natural resources are being stolen in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that. I know you wanted to move on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Thank you, Javed. Thank you for pointing that out. You're absolutely right. Yes. All right. Jumping over to Kenya, starvation. Remember that cult death? Well, the toll has climbed up to 201, story courtesy of Al Jazeera. The number of victims of a starvation cult in Kenya's Shakahola Forest has risen to 201. 
after 22 more bodies were recovered, and that's according to a regional governmental official. The forensic team was able to exhume 22 more bodies but have not reported any rescue. That was what they mentioned when speaking with journalists on Saturday. Throughout the past week, authorities have been digging up shallow graves scattered through the forest, looking for remains and scouring the area for any survivors as hundreds of people are still reported missing. Paul McKenzie, leader of the Good News International Church, was accused of ordering his followers to starve their children and themselves to death so they could go to heaven before the end of the world which he predicted to be on April 15. The taxi driver turned preacher was denied bail on Wednesday by a Kenyan court. Onyacha said one more suspect had also been arrested, bringing the total number of those detained over the deaths to 26. On Friday, 29 bodies were unearthed, including those of 12 children which were found in one grave. Kenyan President William Ruto appointed a commission of inquiry into the deaths of more than 100 people believed to have starved themselves to death while a court ordered that the cult leader remain in prison. May he never have a night to sleep. May he never... Ooh, Lord... You're already in prison. What's the problem? Mm. Mm. You can't you can't go on with them. If they starve to death, he could starve to death too. Yeah, he don't need no food, no water, no nothing. Shut them organs down one by one. Sorry, I'm human. I apologize. No, I don't. I'm not sorry. Stop lying moments. You're not sorry. Speak your truth. Let it be. That's how I feel. Right? 201, and I do believe the number is going to climb. Right? April 15th. Everybody was supposed to die before April 15 because that's when the world was going to end. No one knows the hour, you fool. No one knows the hour. But I was listening to some videos. Um, I'm not sure how true it is, but there is speculation that there was organ harvesting going on. So we're waiting for more information to come out. organ harvesting but when you think about that if someone is starving you're damaging you're depriving the the organs of certain nutrients which means you're going to damage the organs how useful can those organs be to the recipients maybe they was starving them after the fact after they harvested after they after they taken, after they took the organs, maybe they didn't allow the people to go back to where they were. Because you can take out certain organs. We can survive without having certain organs. Mm. So maybe that was their way of getting rid of people. Julie mm. said um, that some of them were even missing organs. So that is confirmed, Julie. Thank you. Mm -mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. 
We head on to the international scene for our next set of stories. Vodafone plans 11,000 job cuts, story courtesy of CNN out of London. Vodafone said on Tuesday it would cut 11,000 jobs over three years as the telecom company unveiled a turnaround plan to revive its fortunes following years of poor performance. The job cuts would affect the firm's UK headquarters and operations in other countries. Vodafone VOD added in a statement, shares slid more than 4% in London. The CEO Margarita said, our performance has not been good enough. We will simplify our organization, cutting out complexity to regain our competitiveness. Two decades ago, Vodafone was the world's biggest mobile telecom group, having bought Germany's, um, what is this, Man's Man or Manis Man in 2000 in the largest takeover in history. That deal was valued at $190 billion. But the company, which has businesses in 21 countries and partnership agreements with local operators in another 46 locations, has struggled to retain market share. The company employs 104,000 people worldwide, and that's according to its latest annual report. Apart from the United Kingdom, it is a major provider of mobile networks in Germany, Spain, Italy, and parts of Africa. All right, first time hearing about that company. Learned about a new company today. Anybody was familiar with that one, Vodafone? I know my UK folks, my European folks will know about. Yeah, Vodafone a long time something. Okay, first time hearing about them. I've been, I guess I've been living under a rock. Wow. Okay. No, you probably lived in the US for a very long time. <laughs> Too well, damn yeah, long. <laughs> yeah, growing up on um, here about Vodafone, I think uh, I don't Canada have it too. Uh, we Canada have Voda, uh, Vodafone. Yeah. Then England, we know that for a fact. And uh, I think it then uh, Canada. James can I let think, us know. Uh, yeah, probably now Canada. Okay. All right. 11,000 jobs. That's so unfortunate, right? Ah, oh, boy. Um, I have some Believe It or Not stories for you before we get to stories out of North America. A Texas man was killed. A Texas woman, rather, was killed by her boyfriend after getting an abortion, police say. NPR is reporting that a man fatally shot his girlfriend in Dallas because he was upset that she had gotten an abortion. Harold Thompson, age 22, is facing murder charges in connection with the death of 26-year-old Gabriela Gonzalez. The pair were in a dating relationship, according to an arrest affidavit, and were seen walking together in a gas station parking lot the morning after Gonzalez had traveled to Colorado to get an abortion. Texas has outlawed abortion in nearly every stage of pregnancy since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and that was back in June 2022. Colorado abortion law is among the country's most permissive, allowing for legal abortions at nearly every stage of pregnancy without waiting periods. A police investigator wrote that Thompson was believed to be the father of Gonzalez's child and that he did not want her to end her pregnancy. Video surveillance shows that Thompson put Gonzalez in a chokehold as they were talking, but she shrugs him off. Thompson then pulled out a firearm and shot Gonzalez several more times before fleeing. Wow. Well. In our, our next Believe It or Not story, 
A Republican lawmaker who advocated to ban kids from drag shows resigns following a sexual relationship with a teenage aide. Story courtesy of Bala Alert. <laughs> Texas. Why Texas again? What is up? Javet, what's up? We need to really check out the water in Texas. Some may ride over there. I don't drink it. So Texas Representative Brian Slayton wasted no time stepping down last on Monday the 9th, just two days after the House General Investigative Committee unveiled a 16-page report summarizing his inappropriate affair with the 19-year-old. Slayton is 45 and is married. However, <laughs> these Republicans tripped me out however that did not stop him from providing the aid with enough alcohol to get them drunk prior to their encounter despite the teen being under the legal drinking age his attorney called the allegations outrageous <laughs> when they first surfaced last year well what do you think slayton's resignation came just before the texas house voted unanimously to expel him in his resignation announcement, he did not take accountability for his actions or acknowledge them in any way for that matter. Instead, he thanked his supporters and said it has been an honor to serve the House District 2. He is well known for introducing several far-right bills. One of his most controversial proposals is a tax cut for those who identify as heterosexuals. Another that has garnered nationwide attention is his anti-grooming law. What is that law? Okay. The anti-grooming law looks to stop kids from attending drag shows with parents. Last year when he announced the bill, he claimed it was meant to protect children from over-sexualization. It is unclear how long he is, has been engaging in the sexual relationship with his subordinates. So while you're out there, you know, fighting for children, for young folks and what they should not be exposed to, you're exposing yourself to an aid, a teenage aid that works for you. Oh, the hypocrisy that's running rampant. Doesn't oh. that happen a lot, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these Republicans may want to shut up and step aside for a second. Stop going being so gung-ho about certain things when y'all doing the very things you're against. Y'all behind closed doors doing them. Anyway, listen to this one. A man arrested for DUI in Colorado. He tried to change places with his dog. <laughs> <laughs> Only in America. Let me tell you, let me, I have a love-hate relationship for this country. I really do. I love them for the madness that we come across sometimes, and I hate them for the madness we come across sometimes. So in Springfield, Colorado, according to the Associated Press, a driver who was pill, pulled over for speeding tried to switch places with his dog to avoid arrest. <laughs> 
An officer watched him maneuvering inside the car before he got out on the passenger side. And this happened on Saturday night in Springfield, a town of about 1,300 people on the state's eastern plains. The man said he was not behind the wheel and clearly showed signs of being drunk. He ran from the officer when asked about how much he had to drink and was caught within about 20 yards. After being taken to the hospital to be checked out, the man was arrested on suspicion of charges, including driving under the influence of alcohol and or drugs and driving while ability impaired, as well as for previous warrants for his arrest. So <laughs> he really thought he was going to be... <laughs> I, I, I can't even stop laughing. <laughs> Can you imagine the cop walk up to the car and see the dog what what was he gonna say license and registration (laughs) (laughs) what could he have come up to explain why his dog was driving well you see (laughs) ask him if carlos uh whatever the dog is with a female um sir ma'am uh can i see your color please (laughs) oh gosh Imagine the dog's face, right, Julie? <laughs> oh gosh. Oh lord. I can't. I can't. Are we <laughs> PTR, PTR. Are we still on planet Earth? I don't even know where the heck we are anymore. Oh lord. Oh Jesus. No. Moments, at least he tried something, though. You have to give him that. <laughs> yeah. So, so like something that Donald Trump would do. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if he's Republican. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh lord. Wow. I mean, I've heard of them putting blow-up dolls and mannequins in the passenger seat, but I've never heard of a dead. Oh Jesus. You know what? Listen to this. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm afraid of cats, right? In here. You can say whatever you want to say. You at the wrong house. You at the. You better get your. Bu- you have to go. Don't you ever come up in my house no more. I have my own pets. We didn't ask for you. You better get off my porch. Listen, you have a girl, boy, whatever you are, you got to go. Okay, off my porch. <laughs> you got to go, seriously. Honey, the, the blood of Jesus against you, you better get off my porch. Coming up in my house. Take them germs and go on somewhere. Snickers. <laughs> Look. Oh no, nothing. That's right. Oh no. Bye. You better go somewhere. Something wrong with everything in this country from the people to the animals. That was a cat, folks. That was a cat. No uh, moments. No lie. They are like that on my porch or on or in my backyard. I'm telling you. I've heard it. That must be a Texas cat. They they I don't know what it is about my house, but the stray cats like to just chill. And I have neighbors that feed them and they'll go eat at the neighbor and come back to my house and just chill. And sometimes at night, 
okay, maybe I shouldn't say this. The 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 animal police may come get me. I'll be quiet. <laughs> no, but listen, I, it's not. I'm not afraid of cats. <laughs> I've heard that I'm allergic to cats. I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm allergic to cats. I can't have them around me at all. I, my eyes will swell up. Um. Yeah. So, but more and more, I'm seeing videos of things that cats are doing, and I'm like, is, are these things for real? For real, the animals are becoming human. It, it's ridiculous. Some things I've seen some dogs do. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, hold on, James. Go ahead, Afo. You see, you're the one make them nice for real, man. Especially, like, either by themselves or when a next cat come over. You know what I mean? We never own cats. But you know, down the yard see already. You go go look and see pure stray dog each up by your gate or post more time. Oh, Jesus. You know I mean? So you see hear them I talk them with them. I say, yo, them sound like humans, even. They do. Uh, cry or something. You know? All right. I know somebody else wanted to go go right ahead. <laughs> somebody else had opened their bike. Who opened their bike? I I know I'm not hearing oh. double. Go ahead, Aphrodite. <laughs> That 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 guy was having a conversation, yo. That was crazy. <laughs> a serious conversation. When I came across the video, I was like, huh? Could not be for real. And then I saw other videos. These cats really talk. You know, I remember hearing who remembers the Bible story about the donkey? So that's where the whole Shrek thing came from. Don't get it twisted. It's not something they made up by somebody in Hollywood. It came out of the Bible. A donkey, I can't remember. I think it's in the Old Testament. The donkey spoke. So, yeah. So I'm here thinking, what the heck is going on? Animals are actually talking. We know parrots talk. You have certain parrots that do talk. But there's something about a cat that talks that is creepy to me. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, rem uh, a... I remember a video, I, a movie I watched some years ago. Some young folks went into, Afri uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a country in South America. Uh, where are the Mayans? A lot of Mayan sites. Is it Central America or South America? One of them. But they went into this um, Mayan site and the cell phone fell into some pit or the other, right? But nobody goes to these sites. Anybody who goes to the site. So you have some indigenous people who live nearby. And if anyone from the indigenous community goes to the site, they kill them. They're not allowed to come back into the indigenous community. So these people, you know, tourists they're traveling and they go there and they oh ah you know and they defy the indigenous people and go to the site so the cell phone one of them their cell phones drops in the whatever and they're trying to retrieve it so they hear this sound sounding like the cell phone so apparently trying to locate the phone one of them who has their phone they're calling the phone and so it's ringing but after a while the phone goes dead but you continue to hear the ringing sound there's a plant that does the same thing it echo is as though it captures the sound and then it echoes it it keeps repeating the sound and the plant is very deadly so if you come in contact with the plant 
it contaminates your blood and yada yada story. But you know, I'm wondering more and more now. Oh my God, <laughs> a lot of what you see in movies are they really real? <laughs> really? But yeah, I see dogs sitting down like they're watching movies and then giving you the side eye, the bombastic side eye. Yeah. Well, yeah, go, go ahead, Apple. Sorry. Oh no, my good one. But I said there was a video with this guy. Um, in my, our conversation with him, dog, and like the dog kind of, him, all oh, the dog sound is like him kind of sound a bit like human, like because him like telling for certain letters of the alphabet, and like if dog actually said the half certain letters of the alphabet, <laughs> so. Hey, these animals, they're, they're very, very, very intelligent. You know what I mean? So you have some um, animals that can do stuff like that. Uh, cat, as you can hear with the cat, and then the son kind of human-like, and then you have the dog where can kind of do the same thing, and certain letters of the alphabet are close to close to the um, the, the son where the, um, these letters make. Mm -hmm. you know? All right. I'm gonna know the movie you're talking about too. You know, okay, so you saw that movie. Okay. It already, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm not going crazy. All right. So good try though, my man. Good try. And then here's another believe it or not story. A woman caught trafficking cocaine in fake pregnant stomach. Really? Really? So WSVN.com is reporting a routine traffic stop in South Carolina turned into an extraordinary discovery as law enforcement officials uncovered a suspect attempting to conceal drugs in a rubber pregnancy belly. The incident unfolded when members of the Special Investigation Division and Directed Patrol Unit initiated a traffic stop involving two individuals, Anthony Miller and I'm not sure if it's Kimiko or Simiko, C-E-M-E-K-A, Mitchum. So during the encounter, law enforcement officials grew suspicious when the duo gave conflicting information about Mitchum's reported due date. As deputies pressed for more details, Mitchum abruptly fled the scene, prompting a pursuit by the authorities. As Mitchum made her escape attempt, <laughs> the robbery pregnancy belly she was wearing dislodged, causing drugs to spill on the ground. In total, the seized contraband amounted to over 1,500 grams of cocaine. Both Miller and Mitchum now face charges of trafficking cocaine. But I have a question. When do they start asking you about your pregnancy in a traffic stop for real though do, is that the norm if you're pregnant and you're pulled over they ask you about your pregnancy maybe her stomach looked funny <laughs> or maybe it was one of those roads that um they know people smuggle on hmm. okay Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There had to be some reason to prompt, prompt, because no one just get, no one just asked that randomly at, at at a traffic stop. Some something had to prompt that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Had to. All right. Next up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> no, you know what? That one is not for now. That one is for later. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Martha Stewart, have you all seen her photos? Martha Stewart? Yes. What do you think? Yay? Nay? 
they were actually pretty tasteful. They were yeah. pretty good. Yeah. In my head, I was just thinking that weed she's smoking just has her more <laughs> relaxed these days. That's honestly what I was thinking. <laughs> she got the real hookup. <laughs> she got the good hookup. So Martha yep. Stewart is the oldest cover model ever for a Sports Illustrated swim issue. Story courtesy of NPR.org. Go on, Martha, with your bad self. So lifestyle magnet Martha Stewart is making history as she becomes the oldest person to grace the cover of Sports Illustrated's yearly swimsuit issue at the age of 81. The magazine describes Stewart as the very definition of influencer due to her plethora of shows, books, product lines, and social media followers. And she said, I am so thrilled to be on the cover of at SI swimsuit issue, she said in her Instagram post. My motto has always been, when you're through changing, you're through. So I thought, why not be up for this opportunity of a lifetime? I hope the cover inspires you to challenge yourself to try new things, no matter what stage of life you are in. Yeah, she looks real good. 81. Go on with your I didn't shot. know she was that old. I didn't know Man. either. Yeah, she they they did do a. I have to say that they did do a really good job. She she looked good. She looked uh, fluid, like you would think that someone at that age would be kind of stiff, you know. But they, no, I mean my mother's eighty three, so I'm 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 measuring I know what you how my mother, you know. But they said she used to model back in the day. They had oh, a picture really? of her. Um, back in the day and one of her modeling things that's when the bathing suits were like really cute with the little boy short type of thing like back in the day during Elvis time and remember his movies those type of bathing suits mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah okay and, the, and her hair was black so she may not be a original blonde wow oh interesting I'm glad you said um Elvis 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 I'm glad you said it listen I needed to listen to this <clears throat> came across this and I was in awe. Um, hold on. I got to play this for you. Um, oh Lord, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I got to find it. I got to find it. You see, I'm telling you, you know, sometimes I remember to save things and other times I don't remember. Hold on. Did I find it? No, that's not it. Uh, no, that's not it. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Whammy can't find. What is the? Don't stress yourself. No. You got three more days no, that you need can bring it back. No, me need for finding it. Because <laughs> when you get to my age, you know, um, you don't. Okay, I found it. <laughs> Listen to this. Wet up the mic because this performance is exclusive. He has not performed in 75 years. <laughs>
was the voice of um, Richard Chin, the father of Tessan and Tammy Chin. Um, he was performing at the engagement party of his son and uh, soon-to-be daughter-in-law. Sounded better than the original to me. Sounded real good. Yep. I watched it over and over and over again. I was like, I could listen to that voice sound like butter. And then toward the end of the song, that's him and Tessan Chin singing together. Yeah, we need some more of that old, you know, old time performances. We need them back. Um, their mother sings also because back in the day, both their parents used to travel around performing. They had a band. So that's where they get their voices from. So a little bit of entertainment to take us into the next break. When we return, we have stories out of North America. But for now, here is a little ghetto superstar. Hey, y'all heard a story about Praz? It's Praz, right? Out of refugees and all that mix-up, mix-up peeing. Praz. Praz. All that damn mix-up, mix-up peeing. Anyway, here is ghetto superstar. That is what you are. Coming from afar Gotta pull this one back up from the top. One of my favorites from the Fugees. Featuring Maya. We got ways. 
Ways and mean the supreme dream team always up with a scheme from how cap to selling raps name your theme mirage to the top floating on the screen who the hell want to stop me i hated those who doubt me a million refugees with unlimited warranties black caesar dating top divas diplomat immediately no time for a visa it just begun i'ma shoot them one by one got five sides to me something like a pentagon strike with the forces of king salomon letting bygone be bygone and so on and so on i'ma teach these cats how to live in the ghetto Keeping it retro, expected from the gecko, lay low, let my mind shine like a halo. For politics with ghetto senators on the D-Lo. Big thank you to everyone logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Keep it locked. There is Christina Aguilera featuring Red Man. Let's get dirty, that's my chance. I need that to get me off. Sweating till my clothes come off. It's explosive speakers, I come on. Still come for six in the morning. Table and some glasses for fashion. No questions, I'm for some action. Thank you to everyone logged on to the JanoRadio.com site and listening. Don't forget to download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Driving me crazy uh-huh. And I didn't have the slightest idea Until I saw you dancing And when you walk up on the dance floor Nobody can not ignore The way you move your body, girl And everything's so unexpected The way you right and left it So you can keep on taking it Hey boy, now that I see all your 
got to give a big thank you to my Clubhouse family. Thank you for joining me every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. It is a quarter before the top of the hour. Got one more for you, then we get back to business. This is Fifth Harmony featuring Kid Ink. You are worth it indeed. It is Turned Up Tuesday. Playing yesterday's hits, today's favorites. Just give me you, just give me you. Just give me you, that's all I wanna do. And if what they say is true, if it's true, I'ma give it to you. I may take a lot of stuff, guaranteed, I can back it up. I think I'ma call you bluff. Hurry up, I'm working out from. Uh huh, you see me in the spotlight, ooh, all over your town. Uh huh, show me what you got, cause I don't wanna waste my time. Uh huh, see me in the spotlight, ooh, all over your town. Uh huh, show me what you got now, come and make it worth my while. Give it to me, I'm to take you back a little further with this one from Annika Mosey. Here comes the hot step off. PM Eastern live on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, and WKRIS Coffee Radio. It is the Rose Solo Show. It is the pre-birthday turn up. Tomorrow is Rose Solo's birthday. So we're going to curate a playlist for her for tomorrow's show. She's not here good, so we can talk about her. That's what we're going to do for her for tomorrow. I'll have whatever you have. 
Gotta give it up to all the single mothers who do what is necessary to take care of their children. I have mad respect for you. Do not let anyone judge you for the choices that you make to survive.
Thank you once again to everyone listening online, the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, and everyone listening on JohnORadio.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you to my Clubhouse family. I appreciate you. And now it's time for This is America. Yeah. So first up, North Carolina's governor vetoed a 12-week abortion ban, setting up an override fight, story courtesy of NPR. In front of an exuberant crowd, North Carolina's Democratic governor vetoed legislation on Saturday that would have banned nearly all abortions in his state after 12 weeks of pregnancy. Abortion rights activists and voters watched on a plaza in the capital of Raleigh as Governor Roy Cooper affixed his veto stamp to the bill in an unconventionally public display. The veto launches a major test for leaders of the GOP-controlled General Assembly to attempt an override vote after they recently gained veto-proof majorities in both chambers. The bill was the Republican response to last year's Supreme U.S. Supreme Court decision overturning Roe versus Wade. Cooper said to the crowd, we're going to have to kick it into an even higher gear when that veto stamp comes down. If just one Republican in either the House or the Senate keeps a campaign promise to protect women's reproductive health, we can stop this ban. Andrea Long, a 42-year-old mother of three from Cary, said she was honored to be part of the electric crowd on what she called a historic day for freedom in North Carolina. I couldn't stop crying tears of joy seeing the governor hold up the veto stamp, but I know it is an uphill battle to keep this momentum going, Long said. In a statement provided late on Saturday through Cooper's office, State Capitol Police uh, Deputy Chief Terry Green said the crowd estimate was over 2,000 people. Cooper, a strong abortion rights supporter, had until Sunday night to act on the measure that tightens current state law, which bans most abortions after 20 weeks of pregnancy. The legislation passed along party lines last week in the House and Senate. Override voting could begin next week. Cooper spent this week on the road talking about the bill's lesser-known details and urging residents to apply pressure upon key Republican lawmakers who were hesitant about further restrictions during their campaigns for office last year. Republicans have pitched the measure as a middle-ground change to state abortion laws developed after months of private negotiations between House and Senate GOP members. 
It adds exception to the 12-week ban, extending the limit through 20 weeks for rape and incest and through 24 weeks for life-limiting fetal anomalies. Senator Leader Phil Berger accused Cooper on Saturday of feeding the public lies and bullying members of his party to block the legislation. I look forward to promptly overriding this veto, he said in a statement. Mm. Cooper has said repeatedly the details contained in the 47-page bill show that the measure is not a reasonable compromise and would instead greatly erode reproductive rights. He cites new obstacles, new obstacles for women to obtain abortions, such as requiring multiple in-person visits, additional paperwork to prove a patient has given their informed consent to an abortion, and increased regulation of clinics providing the procedure. Cooper and allies have said those changes in practice will shut down clinics that cannot afford major upgrades mandated by new licensing standards and make it nearly impossible for women who live in rural areas or work long hours to access abortion services. Uh, I know this question was asked before, and I'm going to ask the question again. What laws are in there to control any part of a man's body? I'm waiting. Do we have any laws in place that controls a man's reproductive organs? Nothing. We have. We must have something. We gotta have something. Gotta have something. So they're gonna try to override the veto because they want to ban abortions after twelve weeks of pregnancy. Do you know that at 12 weeks, some people don't even know they're pregnant? Anyway, that's another conversation. But I'm just waiting to hear what laws do we have on the books to control any part of a man's anatomy? That's it. What is it about us? What is it about women that men need to control our bodies? What is it? The Supreme Court outlawed split juries, but hundreds remain in prison. Did we talk about this one yesterday? Um, I don't know why this one sounds familiar, or did I just say that we were going to talk about it today? The Supreme Court outlawed split juries, but hundreds remain in prison anyway. Story courtesy of NPR.org. I think we all have homework to do, because I really want somebody to give me the answer. There has to be something somewhere. Who can we talk to to find find out about the laws that affect men? Jill Miller was facing life in prison for second-degree murder, but after hours of deliberation, the jury was deadlocked at 8-4 to four over whether to convict. The prosecution's case seemed clear-cut. On July 7, 1998, Miller grabbed a 45 caliber pistol. Is that the right way to say it, or is it .45 caliber pistol? And fatally shot her husband. 
well, a, a local sheriff's deputy named Denver Miller as he slept in bed at their home in Franklinton. Then she lied to the police, blaming burglars, all because she wanted to have an affair with another man. Still, there was uncertainty in the jury box. Yes, she blamed burglars before ultimately confessing to authorities. But Miller says it was because she was ashamed to admit that her husband was regularly violent with her. They were arguing when it happened, and Miller says he pointed a gun and fired first. Then she shot him in self-defense. That's what she testified at trial. I can't begin to tell you how hard it is when you love someone, even if people don't understand why you love them, to know that you're responsible for their death. People don't understand that. That's what she said in a recent interview with a quiver in her voice. And there are so many women out there that nobody believes them. And I just ask people to look deep down inside because nobody really knows what they would do if they were put in certain situations. Ultimately, the jury split. Ten to convict, two not guilty. In most cases, that would have been a mistrial. But in 1999, the year Miller was convicted, Louisiana was one of the two states where a person could still be convicted by a non-unanimous jury. Oregon was the other. At 31 years old, the mother of four was sentenced to life in prison without parole. The U.S. Supreme Court outlawed split jury verdicts for people accused of serious crimes in the landmark 2020 ruling, Ramos v. Louisiana, writing a historical wrong propelled more than a century ago by white supremacy and xenophobic fervor. But the decision only applied to open cases and convictions that were under appeal at the time of the ruling. The justices left it to Oregon and Louisiana to decide whether to apply the decision retroactively and give inmates like Miller a second chance. Today, the two states are on sharply different paths. In Oregon, the state's Supreme Court recently said these cases must be given a new look, while in Louisiana, only a handful of prosecutors have agreed to revisit past convictions decided by split juries, or what critics call Jim Crow juries. It's a divide that has left hundreds of prisoners at the mercy of a two-tier judicial system that has disproportionately affected minorities. Each was convicted under an unconstitutional law that defense attorneys and even some prosecutors acknowledge may have sent innocent people to prison. But only some inmates will see their cases reconsidered. This muddled legal landscape is fueling a deep sense of anxiety on each side of the debate, even as the biggest legal challenges surrounding non-unanimous convictions appear settled. Those who oppose revisiting old cases, worrying about re-traumatizing victims and the added strain on prosecutors at a moment when violent crime rates are on the rise, reform advocates say failure to act on behalf of people who were unconstitutionally convicted will only further erode faith in the justice system. Is there faith in the justice system, though? Hmm. It doesn't go away until you address it. That's according to Hardell Ward, an attorney with the Promise of Justice Initiative, a Louisiana-based nonprofit that has led the push to revisit non-unanimous jury convictions. 
This is not something that can be swept under the rug. It is not something you can wage on. The laws were shaped by hate. The laws that enshrined the split jury system into the legal fabric of Louisiana and Oregon did not happen by accident. After the Supreme Court ruled that blacks could not be, or I'm sorry, let me reread that. After the Supreme Court ruled that blacks could not be excluded from juries, Louisiana held a constitutional convention in 1898 to, in the words of one attendee, establish the supremacy of the white race in the state to the extent to which it could be legally and constitutionally done. To do so, framers of the new constitution drafted a document that required only nine of 12 jurors to convict. If one, two, or three black residents made it onto a jury, their votes could effectively be canceled out by white jurors. In 1973, the Constitution was amended to require agreement from 10. In Oregon, the split jury system sprang from a 1933 homicide in which the assailant, Jacob Silverman, was Jewish. The victim was Protestant. At trial, 11 of 12 jurors wanted to convict Silverman of murder, but a lone holdout refused to join the majority. After hours of deliberation, the jury compromised and convicted Silverman on the lesser charge of manslaughter. In each state, the implications for African Americans in particular have been profound. In 2018, an analysis by the Advocate newspaper in Louisiana found that 40% of trial convictions in the state came over the objection of at least one holdout. When the defendant was black, that number rose to 43%. It fell to 33% for defendants who were white. The analysis further revealed that black defendants were regularly judged by juries that are whiter than the communities they live in. That is significant because even though jurors, regardless of their race, vote, vote guilty together in a wide majority of convictions, black jurors were often more likely to cast a dissenting vote than whites. Mm, 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 mm. But question, do we have a judicial system that we can have faith in? Let's, let's be real for a second. Who here can say they have 100% faith in the judicial system? in the United States of America, regardless of what state you're in. Can't. And that's a shame. Not one person? Nobody? Oh, wow. That's not good. Not even one person to try to change our mind, to let us think differently, to see things differently, to have a better understanding to explain something to us, none of us, not none. If if I was rich, I would answer yes. <laughs> or if I had well-known people in my background, I would answer yes. But I am at the mercy of the universe. Mm. <sighs> yeah. 
We're all created equal, but some are more equal than others. Thank you, Animal Farm. Never forget that book. Will forever re resonate with me. So true. Equality. Will we ever see true equality in this country when you think that the judicial system was built on racial biases? No. You're going to have to clean house. Rip the... Rip, <laughs> rip the books apart and rewrite everything. Level the playing field. A man is in custody after a baseball bat attack hurts two, including an intern at a congressman's Virginia office. Story courtesy of the Associated Press. And I think we have a soundbite for this one. If I'm not mistaken, yes, we do. We do have a soundbite courtesy of WSVN. An arrest has been made in a frightening assault at a Democratic congressman's office in Fairfax, Virginia. Police say a 49-year-old man walked into the building and attacked two staffers with a metal baseball bat. The two victims were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. A man had come into our office with a uh, metal baseball bat and asked for me. And when told that I was at an event, he proceeded to attack the young intern who was at the front desk on her first day. Well, police believe the attacker, whose name is Shuan Ka Tran Pham, is the man in the video seen threatening and running after a woman with a bat. Representative Jerry Connolly was away from the office, but thank police and emergency crews for their quick response. Amen. So yesterday, I made a deliberate decision. I was very intentional not to report the shootings that happened over the weekend. We needed a break. I honestly felt that we needed a break from it. Yeah, there were, there were shootings all over the country over the weekend. Well, three that I'm aware of. Let me put it that way. Well, yesterday we have another shooting. Yesterday, we had another shooting. Um, I don't know. A gunman in New Mexico triggering tragedy in our nation's latest mass shooting. At least three people are dead, nine others injured, including two police officers and lawmakers this morning highlighting the dangers officers face every day. A New Mexico community on edge after a gunman opens fire near Albuquerque Monday. We are actively looking at several blocks of this crime scene to determine what actually happened while we were responding to this scene because of the numerous phone calls that we did receive we are trying to gather a lot of information that came in very rapidly the deputy police chief says the shooter was 18 years old and before he was shot and killed by officers he injured a city and state police officer the tragedy prompting statements from the governor who said she would not stop fighting against gun violence. In Washington, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland delivered the keynote address at the National Peace Officers Memorial Service honoring fallen officers like U.S. Capitol Police Officer Howard Liebengood, who defended the Capitol January 6th. Tragically, within days of the attack, Officer Liebengood died by suicide. Brave police officers have faced down an historic wave of violent crime from the front lines. Even as defund the police, radicalism forced them to do it with fewer resources and thinner ranks. 
On Monday, the Senate Minority Leader touted a proposed bill that would toughen sentencing for assaulting or killing officers on a day the dangers they face were all too clear. And those two officers who were injured in this latest shooting are expected to be okay. <laughs> Here we go again. I don't think we need to say anything. It's the same old, same old. Same old, same old. Just another day living in the hood. Just another day. I wish it could be all good one day. When? I don't know. I really don't know. Next up, Rhonda Santos signs House Bill regulating class start times for middle high school students. Yes. Uh, Tallahassee is reporting that, you know, he believes children who are well rested will perform better academically. So he has signed House Bill 7. 3-3 into law. The new law prohibits Florida's middle schools from starting earlier than 8 a.m. High schools will no longer be allowed to start earlier than 8.30 a.m. The changes are scheduled to go into effect on July 1, 2026. Um, <laughs> so for those parents, okay, so high school right now, the high schoolers have to be at school for 7.20, all right? And a lot of us drop our kids off at school. I mean, thankfully, I won't have any children in high school in 2026. It won't affect me, but it's going to affect other parents, and I have to express my concern. Um, for parents who drop their children off at school and then have to go to work and get to work by a certain time, um, are we going to ask the jobs to accommodate the, the time change? What are parents to do now? For the parents who have to drop their... Because I'm thinking about when I used to work in Fort Lauderdale and I used to drop my boys off and then head on up and I'd be able to get to work on time. Work started at 8 o'clock. What's going to happen now that school starts at 8.30 what, 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 go ahead. I don't know. Go ahead. Uh, it's, uh, if I heard you right, class must start, cannot start before 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. For middle schoolers. That's class time. That's, yes. Mm -hmm. So that's class time. So what that, that's forcing schools to hire child care providers for the morning mm -hmm. prior to the start of class. That's how I heard it. I, mm -hmm. You know, I will never defend DeSantis. Right. That's what I heard you say. Okay. So it sounds like he's saying class starts at, at 8, which means that um, it doesn't say the school's not open. Mm -hmm. It just says class doesn't start before then. You mm -hmm. know what I'm Okay, so let me go back. The new law prohibits middle schools from starting earlier than 8 a.m., I think so, the, the middle schools down here in Florida start at 9 already anyway. I think. I think. My memory serves me well. But high yeah. schools are the problem. Because now they're saying high schools will no longer be allowed to start earlier than 8.30 a.m. Mm. I, I don't, maybe I'm not, I'm missing. A part I'm probably of it, missing something think... too. Other than the fact that um, maybe schools don't already ha provide care or space. 
for for students, that that I can see it would be a problem if they don't have a space to house students prior to um, the start of class. Then that's an issue. But if they do, then I don't see a problem. So they just can't start instructing them before eight thirty a.m. Okay, so it means then, for example, the high school, they will have to open the gates early at the regular time so that um, parents can drop their children off. They're going to have to do that because I don't see any job changing a, uh, an employee's schedule to accommodate um, this change that DeSantis has signed off on. So I guess it is what it is. Um, I, I know when my daughter went to charter schools, the charter school did not open the doors until maybe 15, 20 minutes before the start of the day. Mm-hmm. So I actually, there were times where I had to get the um, drop off and pick up mm-hmm. or I worked it out with a parent um, that we can switch up days you know, I dropped her by the parent that didn't have to go to school until night. I mean, go to work until night, and mm-hmm. then I would pick up her child. But there are some schools, like I said, even here in Texas that I had to do. If they said the school is not open until 8 o'clock, the doors aren't open until maybe a few min- minutes prior to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I... Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to know. I thank you. I appreciate that because I was like, hmm, what happened? Like, maybe I'm fortunate, right? And I'm going to say that. Like, my my kid's school provides child care prior to um, class time. Class begins, school starts at 8.15 mm-hmm. or 8.45. But they, allow, they start letting children in from 8.15. So there is someone to, to watch over them mm-hmm. and make sure they're okay at that time until class time. So I was hoping that more schools do that. So I'm just... I'm still hopeful that they will start hiring people. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. I remember when um, the two younger ones were going to elementary school here in Florida. Um, They provided before school care because I'd have to drop them off to before heading up to Fort Lauderdale to go to work. And, um, but it wasn't free. You had to pay for it. You had to pay the school for that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you had to pay the school for that. I see. So what about the parents who can't manage that added expense right now? Great point. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Are, is the state going to provide that care at the expense of the state? We're already paying a whole lot of taxes, a whole heap of taxes. Tax fund up a tax tax bunch of things where you paid tax for already that's the video we played a couple days ago so they're gonna have to work that out because to put another burden on some parents right just thinking but um but anyway these are high schoolers high schoolers don't need that i think the issue now is will they be opening the gates so that the high schoolers can still get in early so parents can get to work because mommy traffic ain't no joke just like any other city right um are they going to make accommodations so that the the parents will be able to drop their children off before seven o'clock or by seven um 20 the latest so that they can get to work 
we don't need childcare for the high schoolers, but we need accommodations for them. Go right ahead. Uh, Javet, go ahead. You talk about, we talk about Texas a lot, but what is up with your governor general, Ron DeSantis? (laughs) What is up with him? I don't know. Like, I'm trying to understand what is he trying to prove right now? You want me to tell you what's up with him? (laughs) He cuckoo. He cuckoo. He cuckoo. I'm sorry. He's cuckoo. Right now. In the the past, what, just two weeks alone? Uh Uh-huh. All these different bills he just Mm -hmm. signed all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. Like, I... I didn't know anything about him if it wasn't for you prior to, you, you know what I mean? Now he's running for president. I, I'm not understanding. There's something There's something going on moments. You're going to have to put your ear to the ground and, and see if you can find out some info. I don't think he's getting enough attention from his wife, clearly. He, he needs some extracurricular <laughs> activities to keep his ass busy, make him sleep. Or whatever she's giving him ain't working because he's miserable as heck. His, his his life is miserable, clearly. And so we are feeling it. So somebody need to get to his wife and say, listen, honey, start doing something. Listen to some different music. Put some pep in your step. Get a pole or something. But we sick of him. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm going to be quiet right now. <laughs> uh, moments. Did he announce his presidency? Hold on, Afo. Not yet. Not yet. We're waiting. It's coming. We're waiting. Go ahead, Afo. Quick question. Like, what's the majority of the, like, the, the, the percentage of the mindset of the people in Florida uh, <laughs> when it comes to, like, these type of bills and stuff like that? Can I be honest? I don't know. Because the truth I mean, is, I don't think it even matters. I don't think it even matters. He's doing what he wants to do anyway. Yeah, but it might do give it, uh, so. Cause to me, it's all right. You know, me as I do look for research and stuff like that. And even though you have persons like me and you down there, you know what I mean? Where we're not too dependent certain, um, where him depend. But it seems like majority. You know what I mean? It seems like that's what I'm asking the percentage. I'm not sure, but so far it seems like the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the people them down there so have that type of mindset, you know what I mean, and that is why every time they, they you see them all clap and all cheer him on, and, and we, you know what I mean. Suppose so it's, it's like, paid even actors. With, <laughs> even with Trump, you know, cause they, don't uh, Florida some kind of red state or something like that. It is a red state. Okay, so, so it's, yeah, so yeah, so in, in basically again, them type of people that um, cause it's like you must say, yo, look, a fool state this. I will not go make nobody come and just put in for them ideology or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And change up what the system of our area have done here. You know what I mean? We see, we see that a change, I take time a change, and a time for grasp out that power and maintain that power. I'm so glad you said that. I'm going to come and we're going to change up our whole heap stuff. Because right now, um, we, 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 we call it them ideology or whatever it is, uh-huh. um, upon a threat. And a lot of things are changed. So a time for change it back to how it used to be. I'm glad you said that because listen to this one now, Afo. You, you, thank you for the introduction to the next story. <laughs> Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs a bill banning DEI initiatives in public colleges. Story courtesy of NPR. So 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill into law on Monday banning the state's public colleges and universities from spending money on diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. If you look at the way this has actually been implemented across the country, DEI is better viewed as standing for discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination. DeSantis said during a news conference at New College of Florida in Sarasota, and that has no place in our public institutions. Many institutions across the U.S. have DEI offices aimed at diversifying staff and to promote inclusivity for faculty and students. The location of the bill signing is notable as DeSantis has targeted New College of Florida to put it in a more conservative direction. Earlier this year, He appointed six new members to the school's board of trustees, putting conservative allies in control of the board. He accused the school's leadership of overemphasizing DEI, critical race theory, and gender ideology, which he characterized as not what a liberal arts education should be. DeSantis said Monday that he's viewed DEI initiatives as a discriminatory practice. This bill says the whole experiment with DEI is coming to an end in the state of Florida. We are eliminating the DEI programs. The new law also bans what can be taught in the state's higher education institutions. General education courses cannot distort significant historical events or include a curriculum that teaches identity politics or critical race theory. This effort is part of DeSantis's larger work to crack down on what he calls woke indoctrination in schools. In the last two years, state education officials have rejected dozens of mathematics and social studies textbooks for students in K-12 schools. Texas has been working on a similar bill banning DEI programs in its own state university system. When you see elected leaders demonizing educators and weaponizing education, it's a five-alarm fire for democracy. That's according to Irene Mulvey, president of the American Association of University Professors. It is important to understand that when governors attack DEI efforts, they completely mischaracterize them to create a straw man demon that they now have to do away with. The law goes into effect July 1st. So all these um, sororities down here in Florida, they're going to get dismembered. Um, Can I put out a petition to states who do not support um, Ron DeSantis? Could you please um, come to an agreement to not charge out-of-state students um, who want to attend your colleges out-of-state fees? Can everybody just pay the same fee? Um, Out-of-state students should not have to pay twice because we're in a crisis here in Florida. Our students need to get an education our children need to get an education they need to get education that will allow them to think that will allow them to expand their horizons that will introduce them to new worlds not limit their exposure and limit their way of thinking uh can somebody can a few folks i'm not sure new yorkers can you help us out please Our children need education and we're not going to be getting it down here. They need to be able to have programs that um, encourage them to meet, 
you know, with like-minded folks, with folks they identify with. So we need help. Um, any, any, who is willing to petition for them to do away with um, out-of-state fees and just charge everybody one fee so we can send our children to school in other states, please? Thank you. Hey, moment. Hold on, hold on, Donald. James first and then Donald. Go ahead, James. Yeah, you, you know what I'm learning from all of these, these type of news? Is that the Democrats really take people for idiot? That's what I'm learning. Republicans, Republicans, um, especially the new the new batch of Republicans, they sign a bill every day when they have the chance to for their base, right? They sign a bill every day. Democrats, when Democrats have everything, House, Senate, them have the, the them have the whole room, kitchen, bathroom, everything. They can decide to do whatever, they can sign a million bill per day, but they take time and, and they don't do anything. And then when them lose it now, they must say, oh, we're, we're, we're trying to sign this, but we're being blocked by <laughs> um, Republic. Them take people for idiot. <sighs> and, and these people are working for their base as much as Facts. what what they're doing is, is against what, say like half of um, Floridonians are, are <clears throat> agreed to, but he know where his money is coming from. He know where his vote is coming from. And he's appeasing to those people. And to me, like, I, you have to blame, um, what's his name? Um, Gillum, the one with them fine with the, with, the, with the male prostitute. Because that is like a typical, even though Republicans are, are in the same boat where them, them preach one thing, you know, as the, 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 the man where you say with the, with the teenage um, girl. Oh, earlier. the Republican yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. So Gillum now, like him, preach this. Like everybody look at him as the, the second coming of Obama, and then him gonna find himself asleep with a, a, a male prostitute. When he he was just like like a, a hundreds of votes away that if he if he had rerun, like he could have won over this 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 man. But him just you know burn up the the, the Democrat chance, you know to to even compete against him now. But Democrats need to learn from this. Like, you have the House, you have the Senate, and, and you talk a bunch of nonsense, and then when Re Republicans take it over, that's when you want to vote um, things so the, the um, Republicans can block it. You know, <laughs> Democrats need to learn. Go ahead. Thank you, James. Go ahead, Donald. Well said, well said, James. Now, I was going to ask, if we really think Ron DeSantis is coming up with all his policies. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Everybody's saying DeSantis, DeSantis, DeSantis. He's a puppet he... on a string. Exactly. So, and they know what they're doing. Nothing is happening. It's accidental. And as James said, well, there again, let me forget about this. According to Donald Trump, I do nothing Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why I said, um, and I've been saying this for the past couple of days, Donald, until they have something put in place that blocks lobbyists from lining the pockets of politicians and dictating to them what is to be done. Until then, we're not going to have true politics. We're not going to have a government run by the people. We're not. David, I think you were going to say something. Go right ahead. We never had a yeah. government run by the people, though, moments. Even if you look at the electoral college and stuff, we never did. True. So it's just, it's just a myth. Yeah, for real. All right. Go ahead, David. Sorry. 
Well, yeah, I wanted to say living in California where Democrats have full control of the state for a long, long time now, right? right, right? And there's no possibility for uh, things shifting in the other direction. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that people, if you know, get. And I'm an independent, right? I don't support either party, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that things actually improve because you know, uh, I think moments you kind of always mentioned, right? That you know, the the same lobbyists, you know, on one hand, you know, they have they have their hands, you know, they're smart, right? You put your hands in both, you know, both pockets, right, 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 right. You get what you want out of it, right? So, uh, and you've seen here, uh, we re we we. They did a recall of the governor, even though the recall ultimately was unsu- was unsuccessful. They did a recall of the governor because there was, you know, for you know, at least a, a multi-independence Democrats and Republicans Republicans together. Although it wasn't as many Democrats, but it was still enough to get a recall. weren't really satisfied with how he was dealing with the pandemic. Uh, in San Francisco, where I live at, which is 100% Democrat, right, which means there's no Republican or no what we call it can get elected. We have recalled uh, school board members. We recalled the, the district attorney because we didn't like the way, you know, they were, you know, they were engaging in policy. So sometimes you end up in the position where you get what I would say is some rational, realistic Democrats, and then you get some people who are a little bit, you know, way out there, just like in, in, in some red-leaning states. You get the, the you know the sort of very right wing with strange things. Well, you get that too here in California. You get people. You get people. Is it me or is it David? That have a negative impact in the reverse, right? To California citizens, which is part of the reason why our taxes are so damn high, and we still don't see any improvement in anything. So I'm saying. You know, having a having a Democratic majority doesn't, you know, can provide some of the same issues, maybe just slightly different than it is having a Republican majority. So it would be better in politics, number one, if we had more more people who are able to be elected from different political parties. And if there was at least a check and balance, you know, with, you know, one party at least holding one of the one of this one of the, the levers, right, either the state assembly or the state senate or the or, or the governorship. To kind of put some check on stuff. I'm done. All right. Thank you, David. Did anyone else want to share? So, Go ahead, James. Go right ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the critical race theory, too. Like, I, I know I mentioned it already, but I feel like, you know, we can't we can fight for something that we're not passionate about. And and I feel like that that is one of the big falls um, thing with the, the, with the black community is that Okay, when you look at the LGBTQ community and you look from civil rights movement to now and you see the steps and, and the wins that they, 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 have, they have made until now they are in a position of privilege. They are a privilege group right now. Whether they want to admit or not, they are a privilege group. And, and the steps that they have made to get to that position because they are passionate about it. Like they didn't want to see people from their community get beat up, get killed mm-hmm. and stuff like that for... for, for, for you know, choosing who they want to, to be with. In our community, like I, I find sometimes we fight outside of our home politically, like put on this political mask and say like, okay, we want this in school. And then a lot of these people that are fighting for this stuff to be in school, if you go in, in their, their um, bookshelf, you're seeing Harry Potter and you're seeing other stuff. You're not seeing 
any black excellent books or stuff like that. A lot of these people. So all I'm saying is that we as a people, we have to be more passionate about it. Educate our kids first. Like in North America, like a lot of our black kids don't know anything about black history. A lot of our black kids coming from black homes have no idea about Nelson Mandela, um, Marcus Garvin, nothing like that. They only know about Rosa Parks and, and, and I Have a Dream. That's all they know about. Mm -hmm. So we as people have to educate our kids first before we can go outside and fight to get it in the school system. Because it don't make sense if we're fighting for something that we're not passionate about. It's not going to work. And that's why these stuff keep failing, right? Right. Yeah, so we have to do better as a people. <sighs> All uh, right, James, thank you. Uh, okay, well, one minute and I have to move on. Go ahead, um, Apple. Yeah, well, James, well, since I fight for something, you know, at the end of the day, them still not going to tell the exact truth. So, basically, just teach your own kids, you know what I mean, when you come on to the history, uh, about, your, 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 um, about yourself, you know, them, them, the people look like them. And then, when they go to school, um, it, it, you know, then just, I don't know, maybe try and lab, sign a petition to make them teach a proper thing or whatever it is. Because there was a case where the child got to school and they might tell him some nonsense about black history. And it's like he might correct the teacher and the teacher, uh, uh, say, like, it might be disruptive or, or some nonsense like that. You get what I say? So, them not to be telling the truth, much less. Randy DeSantis and others like him believe say, yo, the civil war, the whole civil war thing will take place. Um, if I never for them, you know, even though they get their mask kicked, if it wasn't for them, um, uh, the, uh, slavery would be abolished and all kind of foolish because at that day they were fighting for to uh, abolish slavery. And people are idiots, well, and everybody know why, but and everybody are idiots, you know what I mean? People know the real reason. The North and the South did fight for control because the South did make too much money from slavery than the North. Yeah, until that kind of cause an imbalance. So, <laughs> you get what I say? So, teacher, your own kids will come on to history, uh, it's critical race theory, all that stuff. You know what I mean? And them have what them have if, if you right. can't get to change it. You get what uh, I say? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Afro. Thank you, everyone. And I'll just say this and move on. Whilst we are teaching our children, what we're going to end up, if the other children are not learning the truth, we're going to have a conflicted society. What we need to be pushing for is for open and honest education. That's what we need because me not knowing the truth about another community is going to have me have a skewed view, a skewed perception of them, and ignorance is not good, right? I, when you restrict the information what you're doing is creating ignorance among um, different groups of people, which is not where we should be. Instead, this knowledge needs to be shared amongst all groups so that we have an understanding of each other. And through that understanding, it's, that is how we can now move forward. But you know what? All right. And um, I don't know. Next up, business and tech news. Where, where is my... Oh, I thought I deleted it. I'm forever deleting things sometimes.
right. First up, thanks to NPR, Congress wants to regulate AI, but it has a lot of catching up to do. Here is the soundbite. NPR sponsor Subaru and the 2023 Subaru Forester, featuring standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and award-winning safety technology. The SUV for all you love. Learn more at Subaru.com. In 2016, the FBI launched an investigation into alleged contact between Donald Trump's presidential campaign and Russia. Special counsel Robert Mueller eventually took on the case. But before that, the FBI probe was called Crossfire Hurricane. And yesterday, a special counsel released a report saying the Bureau didn't have enough evidence to launch that investigation in the first place. And PR's Deepa Shivaram joins us now to explain how we got here. Deepa, good morning. Hey, good morning. Okay, so let's start with the original FBI investigation. What prompted that, and how did we get to this special counsel report that was released? Yeah, so the original investigation, like you said, started in 2016, just months before the presidential election took place. So it's already a politically charged time. And the FBI launched their full investigation into Trump and whether his campaign had relations with Russia. And I say full investigation because there are differences in the kinds of investigations the FBI can launch. A full investigation requires a higher level of intelligence and scrutiny before it can move forward. But in this case, the FBI didn't wait for that. And that's where this investigation that was released yesterday comes in. This one was started at a time when Republicans had been blasting the FBI and DOJ for bias. In 2020, then Attorney General Bill Barr named John Durham to be the special counsel, basically investigating the investigation. The Durham report that came out yesterday says the FBI just jumped straight into investigating Trump without enough analysis or intelligence. And because they launched a full investigation, they were allowed to use higher levels of surveillance. This report is really critical of the FBI and says they didn't follow the rules for what investigations that involve foreign influence in elections should look like. And they said the FBI did not quote, uphold their important mission of strict fidelity to the law. The start of these investigations, both at politically charged times in 2016, then 2020, how are Trump and other Republicans responding to this report? And what do Democrats have to say? Trump has responded already on his social media platform, Truth Social. He called the investigation into his campaign the crime of the century and the Democratic hoax and demanded that Congress do something about it. And he connected it to his lies about how the 2020 election was rigged, saying the FBI investigation was equivalent to stuffing ballot boxes, which, to be clear, there is no evidence of. And then he connected it to the other investigations into him that are going on right now, like the one about the classified documents found at Mar Mar-a-Lago and the ongoing cases in Atlanta and New York. So all of that to say, we're already seeing how this report is going to be used by candidate Trump in the 2024 campaign. And we might see this play out on the Hill too. Republican Jim Jordan, who's chair of the House Judiciary Committee, tweeted yesterday and said they want Durham to come testify on Capitol Hill. The report was really critical of the FBI's handling of all of this. Has the agency made any changes? They have made some changes. They responded to the report with a statement saying they've already taken dozens of corrective actions to flesh out this process, and those have already been in place. And they said those reforms that they've had now, had they been in place in 2016, uh, some of these missteps, they say, would have mm-hmm. been prevented. NPR's Deepa Shivaram, thank you. Thank you. All right, and, and ne- now. next up, um, Amazon is changing its deliveries behind the scenes to cut 
Shipping Times. Story courtesy of CNN Business. Amazon is revamping its delivery operations in an effort to cut costs while speeding up shipping times to the next day or sooner. Amazon has traditionally operated one national delivery network that distributed orders from warehouses spread across the country. If a local warehouse did not have the product a consumer ordered in, say, Detroit, Amazon would ship it from another part of the country. But long-distance shipping has been costlier for the company and led to increased delivery times for customers. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy has said it is a critical challenge for the company to lower the cost to get products from Amazon's warehouse to customers. So, in pursuit of boost, it in a in a so in pursuit of boosting its profitability, the company has created eight regions in smaller geographic areas designed to ship products over shorter distances. Each of these regions has broad relevant selection to operate in a largely self-sufficient way while still being able to ship nationally when necessary. The changes may impact which products consumers see when they search for products on Amazon's website. Items that are also closer to customers will show up higher on results pages. The Wall Street Journal first reported these changes. Jassy said the company was seeing more next-day and same-day deliveries, and Amazon was on track to have its fastest prime delivery speeds in 2023. But it is not yet clear how important same-day delivery is to customers. Several fast delivery startups have cropped up to deliver customers' grocery and convenience store orders within 30 minutes, but many of them failed. And next, now we head on to health and science. Hospitals create police forces to stem growing violence against staff. Story courtesy of NPR. When Destiny heard the screams, she raced to a hospital room where she saw a patient assaulting a care technician. As a charge nurse at Northeast Georgia Health System, she was trained to de-escalate violent situations. But that day in spring of 2021 as destiny intervened for several minutes the patient punched kicked and bit her and by the time a team of security guards and other nurses could free her the patient had ripped out chunks of destiny's hair we're not protected on our floors she said as she recapped the story during testimony later that year to the georgia senate study committee on violence against healthcare workers Destiny used only her first name at the hearing for fear of retaliation for speaking out against the patient who assaulted her. Well, I have to agree that they will need to put um, trained forces because people are going into hospitals, shooting people. And the, the one that happened in Atlanta, was it last week, the week before, was not the first time we, we spoke about um, a crime happening within a healthcare facility. I think there were two other instances that we spoke about. If not this year, definitely last year, right? Um, you go to work to work, not to defend yourself, right? And since we are fully aware that there is a mental health issue in this country that they don't seem to want to do anything about, much or do anything about, 
um, I, this is probably the next best thing. The only thing I will say, though, is that we don't want police in the hospitals just killing people. What we need are police forces who are trained in um, de-escalation. That's what we need. Not trained to just pull a trigger, but de-escalation. Not pull a trigger, not pull a taser, right? Because some people do have meltdowns and you need to know how to handle that. Okay. Uh, my wife and I work at the hospital in um, Atlanta. Em 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 yeah, she was an armed security guard down there. You know what I mean? So I don't know if them changed it because, you know, it was like a few years ago. You know what I mean? Before she go into the trucking thing. But um, yeah, she, they had um, armed guards down there and she was one of them. Okay. So, and they're trained with de-escalation tactics so as not to harm the patient or, you know, mitigate any harm oh yes yeah, yeah. okay so that is enforced all right but we know with the police they're wanting to put police in and we know how it is already so we want to ensure that they're being very careful and that they're properly trained because it's always easier to pull the trigger we have seen those cases where people are having mental health episodes um breakdowns and they end up dead and that's not what we want we definitely don't want that all right. Next up, NPR is reporting uh, life-saving or stigmatizing. Parents wrestle with obesity treatment options for kids. Two mothers, Jen McClellan in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Grace of Bethsaida, Maryland, haven't met. But they share a common childhood trauma. Both came of age in the 1980s and 90s, feeling burdened by shame and stigma over their body size. Both tried every known diet plan and pill available at the time, only to have a doctor after another doctor admonish them to restrict calories and exercise more. Since then, scientific understanding of obesity has transformed. Doctors now consider it a disease driven by genetics, the brain and other organs, as well as by environmental or psychosocial, psychosocial factors. Studies have also confirmed what both women suspected all along. Diets usually do not result in long-term weight loss because food and exercise account only for some part of the puzzle. Both women felt duped and overlooked by doctors who mistakenly, it turns out, viewed obesity as a lack of willpower. Now, each of these mothers has a 12-year-old child confronting social issues related to weight, and both strongly wish to help their own children tread healthier paths. It is trauma because we have seen what has happened to ourselves, says McClellan, a childbirth educator specializing in helping plus-size mothers. All I've ever known was dieting and the harm I had done to my body. Grace, a software engineer who wishes to use only her middle name to protect her daughter's privacy, says the feeling that obesity was a personal failure isolated her as a child. I didn't have a lot of friends all the way through middle school and even high school. Today, there are treatments for children with severe obesity that were not available to Grace and McClellan growing up. New drugs like Semalgitude, approved for weight loss under the brand Wigovi, tamp down hunger and boost metabolism. Adolescent bariatric surgery achieves similar results. Mm. Okay, so while I can understand that some of it is genes, 
I'm going to tell you what I have seen with my own two eyes. Too often in the supermarkets, you look in people's carts as they go by. Everything processed. I don't see fruits. I don't see vegetables. I see everything out of the freezer compartment. I see chips upon chips and the sweetest cereals ever. I don't see anything healthy. So we have some responsibility. We have to hold ourselves accountable to some degree because what we don't want is to be feeding our children the garbage. And we already went through that list. Remember that list of things that are banned in other countries, but we're gobbling down here in the U.S.? What we don't want is to put our children on more drugs again. If you want to control weight, there are natural ways to do it or control your appetite, whatever. You can use um, chia seeds, right? Flax seeds, things that will you know, make you feel fuller for longer. But I know someone opened their mic. Hold that thought. I'm going to do the, uh, as a matter of fact, you know what? I can give you two minutes to put in the, um, to say what you have to say, then I'm going to do the on-air wrap-up and come back for us to share our comments. Go right ahead. Listen, these articles, these articles are pushed by the people selling the drugs. Yeah. For centuries, people controlled the weight and stuff. We never had no overwhelming obesity problem. So all of a sudden, no, yes, they have the one or two percent of people that probably go through that. But that's not the norm. If you eat properly and moderate exercise, you would not get to that situation for most people. I have to so agree. I'm, I'm, I'm not buying this. I have to agree. It is all a plan, right? It's a well-orchestrated plan. This is what we're going to feed them. We're going to make sure they get this because we're going to push the commercials. And you know what it is. The more you say something or the more you, you hear or see something is the more you're going to want something, right? And children are easily appealed to, right? These commercials look so appealing. Oh, my gosh, I want that. I want that. And then we as parents, we give in because we want to be the cool parents. You know, we don't want to be the ones slaving in the kitchen. We may be too tired. So we find all kinds of excuses, right, to give the poison to our children. And we don't try to curb them. We don't right? And we don't let them play enough, but we're going to do the on-air wrap-up and I'll be right back. a big thank you to everyone that logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com for quality music while you work or play remember to keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day
Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Thank you to my Clubhouse family for joining me for Turned Up Tuesday right here on Coffee and Toe. Remember to join us every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Thank you so much for sharing your perspectives, opinions, and views. And of course, always the great conversation. Coming up later on this evening, 7 p.m. Eastern, it is the Rose Solo Show, the pre-birthday party. Yes, that's going down live on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, and WKRIS, CoffeeRadio.com. My folks on QMZ and Jano Radio. This was a Moments with Me media production. Moments with Me signing out. Catch you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Clubhouse. I'll be right back with you.